Ah, ah, it's young sneezy baby. <laughs> Throw gang, we are joined by the chief of the chair, the downtown Don Dada. He don't need Molly because he's already rolling. He stay blessed because he can't stop sneezing. Call him Illmatic because he puts queens on the cover. Must be Ken because he found his Barbie. He puts the drip in quadriplegic. Money like his home island. Long. His yeast rancid because he molded the culture. Yeah, he got a disability. Disability's nuts. The editor Emirati, the operations overlord. Rip the sold out the plastic, got these brands acting new. Running Escape Magazine. Yeah, he the chairman of the board. Editor of Sneeze Magazine, Bradley Carbone. Bradley, how the hell are you? I am doing well. Thank you. That's wonderful. <laughs> the self-proclaimed Larry Flint of streetwear. Yeah, pretty good. Is that <laughs> straight from the bio? James and I were debating whether that's in reference to your job in publishing or the wheelchair or both. I think it's both. Right? Okay. Yeah. Larry Flynn has the gold wheelchair. <laughs> I almost got the gold wheelchair in the last re-up. <laughs> How often are you like bumping up the model? You're supposed to do it every five years, but like okay. I go hard. So it's for me, it's more like two or three years. Damn. Is dude. wheelchair technology moving at the pace of like Tesla now? It was moving and then COVID like messed oh. everything up. You want the self-driving joint. Yeah. <laughs> where you just sit. How much is a wheelchair? Top of the line. This wheelchair is between 40 and 50K. Jesus Damn. Christ, dude. Yeah. Do you pimp it out with like spinners or rims or like <laughs> accessories? You got the V-Lone fucking V-Lone forging. You gotta do the rim. But basically, yeah, like you can get a million things on it. Yeah. Uh, but I strip it down as limited as possible. Oh, okay. so it's like utility. Yeah. Well, it's you like, want it to be like tight. It's New York, yeah. right? You wear black. <laughs> oh, right. You yeah. won't. Right. You don't want the like yeah. iPad holder. No. Coming up the front. <laughs> with the tripod? You know, you're like clipping the walls trying to get into sure. the event. With the, it's like with the Batmobile the... in The Batman. Yeah. Yeah. But this one runs over rats? Is that what I read that story? <laughs> yeah, it's a different podcast. But <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that podcast doesn't matter. It's the <laughs> chic Cadillac of wheelchairs. That's exactly. what I'm getting from this. Bradley. There is a gold one. Oh, yeah? There was like a very serious discussion about doing the gold one. But it's hard, you know, because then you got to. There's That's a lot. Some look at me shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And every day you got to like go against the gold, which I'm getting more into recently. Yeah. Yeah. Gold watch, gold chain, you know, gold, gold wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. It's Next up. <laughs> the, the literal throne. Um, <laughs> I think Larry Flint actually made the chair custom. I'm sure the gold did. wheelchair. And is it like gold plated or the one you would get? Is it gold plated or is it it's not solid gold? No, it's so solid gold. It would probably it wouldn't move. Melt. It would also like be all soft. Yeah. You hit the curb and it gets kind of sideways yeah. out of whack. Damn. All right. Well, Bradley, thank you for hosting us in your beautiful crib. The thank first you for thing, coming. Oh, of course, man. The first thing we want, this is a long time coming, by the way. We're super excited to have you on the show. Finally. Um, the first thing we want to do is a little fit check for you, sir. Yeah. Um, do you want to start top down or bottom up? Cop style. You want to go cop style? No, or? I think we'll go. <laughs> But I was, I was thinking about like the training day cop style if like Denzel <laughs> right. goes like bottom up or top down. Ooh, he might go chain first. Pen, yeah. You know? <laughs> we could go chains first. Okay, right. sure. There we go. Denzel style. <laughs> what are the chains? Just right to the mid. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to mid. Yeah. What are the gold chains that you mentioned? The chains are all, unfortunately, like the, the chains come from losses. Like oh. the constant memory. Oh. Right? So I got my mom, I got my kid, and now I got Sponto. Damn. Damn, bro. So it's a little heavy to kick it off, but like, you know, that's part of this Dude, stuff. Dude, chain too, heavy, right? literally, man. Everything <laughs> is, yeah, hopefully, like Everything for heavy. now, I can stick to three and like, <laughs> yeah, let's all, keep it. It's all, dick, it's all dick jokes from here on out for the next yeah, hour. Yeah, it's a fucking bummer. Sorry to like come in hard. But <laughs> no, like, it's, it's all good, bro. 
Um, I had this one chain which was done by this guy Lionel Thundercloud who did all of Spanto's jewelry. The guy's a fire name. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a fire it's super legit and very real. Is he an indigenous person, hence Thundercloud? Or? Yes. Okay, cool. So he's based in Marina del Rey and he uses all of the historical techniques. Oh, shit. So they make the molds with the volcanic ash. You pour the silver, you know, you make the, you make the jewelry. Um, and then he gets, he sources like rare beads that like have all kind of meaning. Right. Nice. So I have this chain that's, it's, it's Mediterranean sea coral, which is the chains that they did for Sponto's Sadie's fit from last year. Mm. And then the fits that they eventually buried him in are all kind of these materials. Wow. So Lionel is like a very unique guy and he's making, he's indigenous, making indigenous jewelry that looks, or it's basically the Goros right. jewelry, right? right? So like Goros got super hot, making all this native stuff. And this is a conversation that we had. It's like, well, why can't we make the native yeah. stuff? Here on stolen land versus in Japan for, for natives by natives. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't think you know the Goros like heritage that well. Right. But the rumor is that he came, he went, he said with the Lakota tribe and that's yeah. how, Oh really? That's like the legit check and why it's okay. Okay. Not that's a vulture. Yeah. He's valid. He's valid on the, he's valid on the reservation. Yeah. He checked in with the chief dude. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you have to, you yeah, have I to. guess it's real. <laughs> um, but then it was kind of the discussion of like who's making this stuff and how can we get the real stuff into popular culture? And so you, so Sponto found this guy, Lionel, or just do yeah. it through like as the far fucking as I LA? know, that's how it happened, it. you know. But I think that everybody's kind of been connecting through. Yeah. And for me, it's it's very interesting. I'm obviously white. I'm kind of from from the class that is not what's up right now, mm. right? You, you male white, ass motherfucker. Came from a stable family, <laughs> like all the things that are not yeah. cool right now. I think uh, your hometown is actually named after a, a displaced indigenous tribe. No, yes, <laughs> yes. tough scene. But I, mean, I kind of got too. to meet a lot of these people, and obviously some like very unique, very wonderful guys that I've met through Sponto, West Coast kind of thing. But it's also kind of like how do we evolve the. Your co- my culture is not your costume sure. into like what's real and like how can this stuff get out because I think because of that that tagline got so hardcore mm-hmm. that now people are gun shy to wear anything right. indigenous oh. related <laughs> but we still right. gotta pay these people for their craft yeah sure put money but, in the right pockets yeah and also like if these people are making it and it's sick how do we how do we bridge the gap and right, make it right, okay right right, right right like sick wovens I mean the Levi's collab kind of did that I yeah. feel like Yes. With like uh, motifs that maybe are true to more indigenous cultures, but are like wearable. If you just love, I don't know, just fire aesthetics, fire aesthetics and infographics for Instagram, for sure. Yeah. And also putting it in a place where it's okay. Yeah. Right. So like, here's somebody that's Fontos. He's part of mainstream culture. He's part of indigenous culture. And so like, let's bridge the gap, bring this in and get it co-signed correctly. Mm. So it's okay. Right. Love that. And you do check in. Yeah. Right. But yeah. for that project, he went to the res and he kind of met with everybody and Co-signed. got it cleared. I like that. The dude. music and the dancing was fire. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. For um, real. All right. That was a chain acknowledgement. What do you want to do next? <laughs> Sorry. <in> the <laughs> you know, we get sideways right away. No, 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 like, no. That was. Thank no, you. We've never had someone start with their, with the, with the hardware. So I really don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Where would you like to go next? Bottom, right? okay. Because okay. Because it's kind of one of my defining characteristics is the wheelchair. And that's as close as we get to the ground. Oh, mm-hmm. true. Stay right? rooted. So we've already kind of said what that costs. You know, it ranges. But yeah, I got the wheelchair. It's Permobile F5, hyper technical. You know how like when people, when kids do on TikTok do fit checks now and it's 
all about what it costs, which I personally don't like. You could fucking outflex anybody when it comes to just like the cost of the fit where you're just like, yeah, 50K, 50 K I'm sitting yeah. on 50K right now. Just to get out of bed. Yeah. Just the foundation to get yeah. it started, dude. 50 racks out the door. Yeah. Literally. And so it's permobile, which is really bad if you're in a wheelchair because it sounds like permanent mobile. Mm. But I think the guy that started his name is Pear. Oh. So he's some- <laughs> French? I think he's Swedish or Norwegian. Oh, fair. And so, so he's just some genius and he called it Paramobile after himself. <laughs> but then in English, it doesn't really translate yeah. very well. Yeah. But you got the Scandinavian, the sleek Scandinavian uh, chicness. Yeah. And so I kind of wear the same thing every day. So like my fit checks are pretty straight. You're forward. a uniform dresser. Well, yeah. These sneakers are. Yeah, let's talk about they it. They feel special. I started occasion-y. with sneakers. I knew right away, baby. These are Adidas Raf mm-hmm. 2012. Whew. This was like right when you started at Adidas, right? Yeah. Uh, halfway through. So okay. maybe 2013, 2012, 2013. Yeah. He's had the streets in a motherfucking headlock with the yeah. fashion boys, dude. Yeah. Half of the crazy. grailed office at the time was fucking rocking yeah. these, dude. I still have a few pairs and I, and I found these like when I was doing the throwing fits bazaar, mm-hmm. oh, I went shit. through all my stuff and these were in perfect shape. And I was like, you know what? It's great. So we'll get through fashion week. We put them back into storage and mm. see when they come back. And these are again. the best colorway. Yeah, absolutely. He's very like good. Approved, I believe. Yes. Socks. Well, basically, well, well, the shoes, they made these shoes because Raph couldn't figure out how to make shoes at the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like sneakers. Well, he had yeah. been making sneakers, but the thing always was like, if anyone was reselling like Raph Simmons, like proper sneakers, they like fall apart, like right away. That's They're what tra- happened. trash. So he made these shoes are called this. This line was called as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he made a sneaker that was a Raph sneaker first. Yeah. But they were charging. Sucked. Upwards of six, seven hundred dollars, and they were falling apart. And which back in the day, back in 2012, was a lot of money. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Insane. Also, because there was the reseller market was much more quiet. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't you you bought shoes when they came out. It was, and if you really, really had to get them, you paid for it. And fashion sneakers were kind of just revving up at the time. And they weren't really approved either. No. Really? Yeah. They sucked. Except yeah, for like it was just it was uh, just like you didn't. That was probably right at the bridge, I think. The Raph like Simmons, Rick Owens, you what I'm dressed in. Kinda. Y3 Yoji. Yeah, like Y3 the, was yeah. big, the big one. But yeah, I feel I feel like this actually was also kind of like the harbinger of like where we are now. So we have you yeah. to blame. You and Raph and Adidas. Yeah. Thanks Man, for nothing. But that bro. was a great time, right? Because we yeah. did, I went on a little bit earlier, right? When Y3 was picking up speed. Then they did, we did Raph, we did Rick. Rick. You know, that was real stuff. Yeah. Um. So anyway, again, like going sideways. Yeah. All pretty right? stock Yeezy, X. Yeezy kind of drafted off all of that. Of That's where that all came from. I mean, I'm sure Kanye was wearing all that stuff anyway. I know he was a big fucking Y3 guy, I feel like. Was, yeah. there. That yeah. and like Visvim. Anyway. And Rocky was huge too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I first met Rocky, letting him into the Y3 sample sale. Oh, <laughs> did he did he spend money or were you just like, get what it, like pull whatever you want? It was pretty early and no one even knew who he was. Right. Right. So I knew who he was. And his manager was like, oh, can we get him into the, the sample sale before everybody else? <laughs> and I was, I said, yeah, sure. You know, I got him. And, but I had to take him in and no one in the office knew who he was. <laughs> Who's this pretty motherfucker? Yeah, right. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but he was pretty very young humble, man. very humble, very quiet. Yeah. Because there was still a lot of that. None of those walls have been broken down yet. Sure. Yeah. Right. And That's how he was when we <laughs> met him too. We tried, <laughs> I tried to see him some Mark McNary and he's like, yo, thanks young blood. And then gave them immediately to like, ASAP yeah, Lou. <laughs> it for sure went right to all the fucking posse members. I don't know if he wore any McNary ever. Nope. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he was on it. But he, yeah. he did his research. He appreciated it. He came to BPMW with yams and we were like, 
drinking Heineken's or something, or we tried to Coronas? offer us. I, I don't know. remember. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we looked like fucking herbivores, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but like he was playing the game from the beginning, right? Yeah. He knew he could read the room. And that's anyone that knows him now or then, that's one of his true skills, right? He can read the room and be and adjust the behavior. And that's mm. Work why he's as big as he is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What about All right. uh, so we got footwear, socks, socks. So I obviously have like the disability uniform underneath the clothes. Okay. So I wear compression socks like a grandma <laughs> and I wear heat tech all the way through. I get cold. All 365? Um, in the summer, not as much. In Miami? Miami, not as much, but you know, it's okay. better to be warm than cold. For sure. Okay. That's fair. So I got the heat, heat tech under, compression socks. I have... 10 to 20 pairs of these Stone Island nylon pants. Woo! These are your dailies. Yeah. So bad, I wear that badge on time. or badge off? Right now I'm badge on. Okay. Wow. I've, I've had different eras, but sure. right now we're back to badge on. Okay. What dictates whether we're <laughs> on or off? I think it's how much exposure I have to it. Okay. okay. So when I was working with the family really close, I wore Stone Island almost every single day. So a lot of the badges came off because it came a little bit repetitive. Sure. <laughs> Shout out the Rivettis, dude. Yes. Repetitive Rivettis. <laughs> yeah. But then now that I'm not in the day to day, now it's bad John because it's it, part of it's, you know, I love the brand. It's the flex. And then also just letting people know yeah. that that's what's up. Yeah. The Rivettis, the, the, the vape they smoke, they're almost as right. like large and complex as your wheelchair. Yeah. Like they, they're probably similarly, uh, the family rigged the fuck up. Dude. Not messing around. No, they <laughs> love to vape. Dude. Uh, they affect the, they affect the weather in Northern Italy whenever they're blowing the, the family that vapes together stays together. Dude, the, you know, the glycerin hand grenade. <laughs> oh, it is. It is absurd. With their portable Great. USB fucking yeah. charging pack. It's, it's like they're ready for war. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like, we're here to get work done and we're not going to slow down. by any <laughs> Exactly. Um, all right, moving so, on up. So on pants almost every day. Um, are these black? Are they all the same color? Do you have? Do you have these different? Are colors? actually deep, deep navy. Mm. So that's and why it's all twenty cool. deep navy. No, most of them are black. Okay. And then I always dip into the pop colors, but those only come out, you know. So today I did navy because I figured we do a little bit of a fit rather than all black, which is mm. every other day. It looks black, but it's navy. Right. Uniqlo cashmere sweater. Mm. Same thing. Uniform. How many of these do you own? At least 20. Damn. They're all navy and black. <laughs> You're an easy guy to likes. shop for for the holidays, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I just kind of watch the calendar. When the cashmere sweaters come up, I buy them for the season. <laughs> right. And then I have the ones for, you know, traveling when I get thrown around and the ones when I have to get dressed up for you guys. So, so is it mostly uniform except for the sneakers? Like, is that what changes every day? Um, even the sneakers are typically uniform, all are, black. Okay. Mm. So like I try to get each of the sneakers in all black. So that way I've got them, right? So triple black Air Force Ones, triple black Stan Smiths. Mm. Uh, when when Comte Garçon does the all blacks, yep. I buy that. So it's just like all black sneakers all the time. And then kind of the highlight sneakers. So I have these. I have the Pro Sale Air Force Ones. Oof. You know, so it's like I, I have a few. And then at my dad's basement is where everything else is. <laughs> is that just like an archive of streetwear history? It is. I mean, some of the really good stuff has been sold or gifted right. and he wants me to get it out of there every time <laughs> I see him. But there's a lot of good stuff down there. 
right. Does he wear any of that shit? Does he ever like pull out some fucking freshies? I think it's like a a size and a half too big. So he's just confused about why would a guy have so many pairs of A grown ass man. You never catch Pops and Adidas Jeremy Scott teddy bears? (laughs) (laughs) The wings, The wings is really. (laughs) Yeah. The wings off the back. Yeah. He's like, yo, I felt like a, I felt like ASAP Rocky. I felt like a pretty much today. Yeah. All right. So I got um, thrown in sneakers very hard, obviously, because yeah. we have a similar heritage. Maybe we'll talk about it. Lineage. No, we're not talking about <laughs> our complex that. pedigree. No pun intended. No. Yeah. We'll talk about Adidas and everything <laughs> yeah. else. But um, the good shit, dude. Is that okay. a complete fit check? What else? Uh, what else I have? Any the other wa- jewels? The watch is in the safe. Mm. Well, uh, gold watch. You gold mentioned. Watch. Can you give Always. us some more information? Is it a Rolly? birth year, Prezi. Woo. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That barber got me for my 40th birthday. Aww. So I'm old. Mm. Um, You're Barbie. Yeah, the Barbie tier can. Yeah, so <laughs> that watch is crazy because it was like truly, truly dead stock. Never, oh wow! Ever open box papers, everything, everything. Sick. So like, even the clasp is like tight. Like it's it's hard to bend the clasp because it's literally <clears throat> brand new. How often does it come out the safe and onto the wristicle? Uh, once a month. Okay, that's a very special. Yeah, get. date night. That's date night. <laughs> yeah, no, no, very special. The the uh, the guys that make it happen. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. They're the finders. Okay. So they went and got yeah. something that's very hard to get. All right. Appreciate you uh, not wearing it for us, dude. Uh, hear you loud and clear. <laughs> we get the Raph Simmons, though. <laughs> yeah. The Oz we goes. <laughs> you know. You got to be careful. You got to balance, you know. And yeah, the yeah. deep Navy pants. <laughs> yeah. No, you know. Okay. You know I thought what? about it. Yeah. But. You know, it might get it might get fucking nasty up in here. You don't want the wrist piece to get uh, to get caught up in that. But and also um, the wrist piece is for a specific, you know, either you're going out to specific parties in New York. Right. Or you're in Miami. Mm. True. Because in Miami, you wear T-shirts, right? So you that's dress what up. those guys down there have perfected. And maybe we'll get into this later, too. But like how to wear how do you wear a T-shirt always? <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, by looking like shit, always yeah, <laughs> get a BBL. Yeah, you wear a expensive watch. Well, absolutely, you wear a chain, and then yeah. your T-shirt. All of a sudden, you can go yeah and to any of the New York restaurants that they have down there. Yeah, and, and then a gauche car, and you can pull up a, a cool um, picture of an ape on your phone to show off as well. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, still fucking <laughs> NFT'd out like that. A lot of people down there wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're now I all wish, working at Starbucks. I wish the bubble hadn't burst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like uh, 99% of NFTs now have zero value. Yeah, true. Correct. I believe yeah. that is a complete fit check. Yeah, because right? the heat tech is, that's the lowest layer. So we got heat the tech panties. Is how we yeah. all in. Yeah, I think that's what we got. We got the wheelchair. We got everything. Yeah. All no, right. I'm simple. All right, let's get money. To Although I do have a hundred jackets in there. Mm. Gotta stay warm. Let's get into meat and potatoes of the yeah. only podcast that matters. Uh, Bradley Carbone. Interesting last name. <laughs> As a rigatoni Nepo baby. <laughs> do you get special treatment at the Carbone restaurant? I is Mario sometimes get if I'm not on the list. Sometimes I get in as Mario. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any? I mean, how like in terms of like Italian families? Like was how, Nona a cousin of hers? Nona? Yeah, like is, is it is Carbone like a Smith situation over there, or are you guys related? Uh, we're not related, and we've actually never really sat down, and we've met in passing. Okay, I've also been to the restaurant. Um, <laughs> Thoughts? What's your order there? Yeah. I like Carbone. Same. Uh, my wife does not. <laughs> She's Italian. <laughs> yeah, she, could, she won't go. Home. Oh, she won't go. She refuses. Wow. Yeah. Is it like bastardizing like her culture? Is that what it is? My culture is not your costume. Exactly. My culture is not your cuisine. <laughs> she does. She's got to do a rigatoni acknowledgement when she goes there. <laughs> um, <laughs> this garlic bread was baked on stolen land. <laughs> <laughs> the 
it's a theme park. Yeah, right? sure. And that's but why theme parks are fun. men of a certain age love Carbone. <laughs> Yeah, because you feel like you're in Goodfellas. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a ride. This is Drake in the back on the rotary phone, literally. Like it's <laughs> yeah. complete cosplaying as a fucking Goodfellow, right? Right, but I think their ingredients are good. Yeah, but it's American Italian. Yeah, right. And I grew up on Long Island, and that's what Italian food is. Sure. What's your right? go-to Italian? What's your favorite Italian restaurant in New York? <laughs> I know you already said it on. Yeah, you already did it. it. What? I love these guys, but Il Posto Acanto is the spot. Yeah. And I don't want to overly blow it up. So mm. I know you have a lot of followers, but whatever. I'll see you there. Everyone shut the, Everyone don't go. Yeah. <laughs> Cover your ears. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Carbona, New York. Um, I go more often in Miami, probably. The one in Miami, I not. I was not really a fan of. Because it doesn't have the vibe in New York. But it's easier to get into. Right. right? That's yeah. a trade-off. It's just bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But they have the membership thing now, right? Where oh, no oh, really? It's like a social club element. A couple of years ago, they were like, Everybody wants to get into these restaurants. Let's sell a membership. Ugh. So you pay. Let's gatekeep ourselves. Jesus. You pay an X amount of money and then you can get reservations. Oh, it's like it's like Resi Platinum or some shit. Right? Yeah. yeah. Here's so the privilege cheap. of being able to, to spend $1,000 to eat veal parmesan For on real. a bone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's worked out great because now they're going to the global ex, like, expansion. Yeah. So also Miami, all those guys have the license. So I just call up if we want to go. Someone with a license comes with you and then we're mm-hmm. good. Hit All right. Call on the bat phone. All right. Well, now that we got your Nepo baby credentials out the way, <laughs> what do you do? Because you're kind of like the guy behind the guy, like, you know, who's always like operating and moving the levers. But if you had to break it down, what do you do? Power stays in the shadows, right? <laughs> Ooh. Fucking speaking of Batman. Although I'm like, not overly claiming because I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. You right? want to be totally removed and in the shadows? If you could, I think it's the best way to be sustainable. To right? not be a financially, both and also long term, right? Well, because a brand will lose its coolness or its trendiness, right? But if you're not out there like that, yeah, yeah, if you're not in the light, people can't take you down. Right? That's Bars, true, right? Yeah. So, so you just operate in the shadows. You don't because a lot of people flex so. the credentials, even if they're like. Helping out just the littlest bit. This is the complete opposite of that kind of like right. clout chasing. Cat. That's also how you get trust, right? Mm. And that's kind of what, I guess I've been in New York for 20 years, right? And I came in not knowing the, I didn't, under, I didn't know the hierarchy, so I had to study it, right? Who is who? How do they fit? How does it ladder up? And like, who do you respect? But you can't just come in blazing. <laughs> What's up? Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't, A lot of people try. Right. <laughs> so who's on top right now? Who's number one? In Who's, New York? Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Carbone's power, New York streetwear power rankings? <laughs> Who's El Capo? I mean, there was only 49 names in the uh, yeah. New York mag, so I don't know who all got right. cut. I didn't recognize a single name, maybe one. Those are all like in the shadows, folks, no? I mean, that's why it's kind of interesting, right? That came out two days ago or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, I didn't read it because my- There's free- one fashion guy. What's his name? Carlos. I can't pronounce his last name, but he's like works for IG Magazine. Our free article uh, limit had run out, so <laughs> yeah. we didn't read it. <laughs> We're not, that, here. we're not powerful in, enough to subscribe to media. Speaking of incognito mode, there's no part of you when you're in the shadows that's like, I do want a little limelight, just a little bit. Yeah, and you just grab it once in a while. Okay. Right? Like coming on the pod. <laughs> coming True. on the pod, you know, and just kind of getting out there or, you know, or getting next to the people that you want to be around. Hmm. So Restraint. I think that when I first came to New York, I didn't really understand this, how to navigate the scene well. And it's hard when you can't really stay in the shadows when you're in your 20s. Yeah. 
because you don't do anything. Right. You have no experience. <laughs> you're not good at anything. I'm getting coffee in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if you're in the shadows, you're like, all right, cool. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> Stay there. Yeah. Stay put. Who said that? Yeah. Where are you? I can't see you. It's like, oh, you're not on the list because we don't know who you yeah. are. Yeah. Good interns. Not seen, not heard. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to kind of work my way through all of that. But now I think I'm finding a pretty comfortable groove of getting behind people that are extremely talented. And so, that comes with time. So is that what you do? You, you uh, in, not ingratiate, that's not the right word, but like work with people that are in the limelight right now to better themselves, better their business. Is yeah. Or say? we find talent and then figure out what can, what can take them to the next level. Mm. Right. And I know so two I've podcasters done, that might need to list <laughs> <laughs> your services. Oh, yeah. we'll get to constructive criticism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that to me, that's, how I found to really enjoy this world and kind of have fun doing it. Right. Mm. It's like, Oh, this person is great. Let's, let's pour gas on it. Right. Ooh. Ooh. And the first one was sneeze. Right. So I didn't start sneeze. Sneeze was started by Nick Fensum. Mr. Sneeze. Mr. Sneeze. <laughs> I don't know if I should be, well, he just got outed. So there we go. Um, <laughs> All right. But I, I saw sneeze. Like, this thing is very, very cool. How do I get involved? Tracked him down. And then I did the best I could to kind of support him. And how long have you been working at Seas now? 13 years. Damn. Why still make a print magazine in 2023? Yeah. Are you stupid or are you dumb? <laughs> or, I you, think, or are you broke? <laughs> you're not broke. Or, you well, know, you don't make money making magazines. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Um, but when you pick it up and you look at the paper and you feel the printed product, it's a totally different thing. Mm. It's also really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's also kind of the trick of long-term is, right, it's find something that's really, really hard to do and that you happen to be good at. Okay. Right? So Nick happened to be very, very good at making magazines and curating content at kind of that really, really high, refined level. Mm -hmm. I'm good at kind of taking what Nick does and promoting it and getting in front of people, talking to the, the people that support it, you know. You, mon you help monetize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of pick up any pieces in New York that I mm. can. Mm. because what I mean this is coming from me but I look at Sneeze as a New York magazine interesting because he's from Mr. Sneeze is from where he's from Vancouver and I live right, in Montreal Canadian. he's okay. Canadian right Montreal. so you you keep it you bring that like New York flavor which is a corny thing to say but is why yeah I mean there's a lot of people that <laughs> my words that. not yours <laughs> dirty water hot dog that, <laughs> that are better than me Right. And there's a whole New York network that brings in the information, mm -hmm. but I'm also here on the ground. So I can kind of really see it. Mm. You live right? it. Yeah. So we can go to the events and you can see these people. Right. So maybe Nick does six months of research and then I go check it to say like, oh, yeah. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Valid. Facts. B. Yeah, but also uh, like that's what we're talking about. Print versus social versus website. Right. right? It's mm -hmm. you can be whoever you want on social media. But like in real life, you got to make sure, you know, especially if you're going to put it in print, you got to do your research. Why has throwing fits not been featured in sneeze? <laughs> I mean, this is the start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Okay. Um, I mean, we're getting to know we're, each other. We're, right? we're, we're linking and building. Do you have like a, a, a issue that stands out to you as like the most iconic or your personal favorite? Um, I think that in the past couple of years, it's gotten stronger and stronger. And now they're really, really hitting. We've also been lucky to kind of ride this nostalgia wave, mm -hmm. right? Kids like print, print, want, kids want real things or kids. I don't know. I call kids everyone from 12 to 50, especially in New York. <laughs> Bunch of 50 year old kids for running real. around the, the city. I'll take it. Kid, yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. This Iggy pop issue was really good. 
what, so that was still was that? early. That's 14. So oh, yeah, number 14. Math, yeah, right there. It's four times a year. So that's, that's only three and a half years in, right? And we got Foster, who you guys know, mm-hmm. other additional. Who you were with last diaspora. night? Yep, I saw Foster last night. Was he night. prepping you for this? A little bit. <laughs> okay, what'd he say? He gave me the insight on the cop thing. Oh, okay, <laughs> hell yeah. So, so he's a narc. <laughs> yeah. He narked on the narcs? Yeah. Yeah. And Who narks the narcman? So we did a little bit of like preview. Okay. But Foster actually interviewed Iggy for this. Crazy. So he, was he tracked wearing a down. Shirt? <laughs> for most of it, no. <laughs> because we tracked down, Foster tracked down his assistant to get it to happen. And it was kind of one of those, you have to email the address or here's a phone number that you, you that you text yeah like when you try to get bill murray to do something Oof. i think bill murray is just a straight landline and you have to leave yeah. a voicemail i'm oh, sure fire. yeah he seems like that kind of guy absolutely so iggy's a little bit more accessible but, but similar type of character right he's, he's also they're, they're also both just old men they're not right. kids anymore yeah but Maybe then we so. went he lives in miami for a while now and he has two places, or he did. This was a while ago now, right? So he had a condo on the beach, and then he had a hangout place where he does <laughs> Hell yes. interviews and, like, kind of up the river and in a bit of a not the nicest neighborhood. Sure. In Carcosa. So we're, like, driving through backwoods Miami, you know, through some territory that's, you know, a right. yeah. little questionable. And then you're not going to find Dave Portnoy there. <laughs> right. But then you pull up and there's a bright red Ferrari outside. Hell the yes. House. <laughs> Just like straight up. And he drives the car because he likes it. Right. And that's kind of, this is one of those moments where you get next to somebody that's done it all, mm-hmm. seen it all. Yeah. And then inhaled it all, snorted yeah. it all. Yeah. And is <laughs> very happy with life. Yeah. Mm. Right? I mean, he literally, you went to the, you went to the straight fun house, dude. Literally. I remember oh, yeah. this, in this issue, he was talking about like just how content he is, right? Because he's kind of just like found his, I don't know. He obviously did it all, saw it all, fucked it all, snorted it all. And now he's just like chilling. Yeah. And now he's in Miami where he can keep his shirt off all right. the time. Yeah. He looks Stay like real leathery. He looks like anyone else walking down Collins Ave, just real, real leather. Yeah. Real sun kissed. Yeah. And he's going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> There's like that certain off. genetic predisposition where you put all that stuff in your body. The and Keith then Richards effect, right? Yeah, Same the shit. two of them are very similar. You embal- it's, you're embalming yourself. Yeah. yeah. From did the you, inside out. Did you guys get the last, when you had Virgil on the cover, was that the last Virgil cover? When he, yeah. Well, in his lifetime? Because that came out mid-November. That was a banger. Yeah, that was huge. And Virgil was amazing. Yeah. Like I, that was my, as close as I got to him, we kind of always knew each other. We said, hi, but that was it for that issue. He went in crazy. Like he fully dedicated himself to it, getting the talent, doing the interviews. Like, and I think that's a repetitive story that a lot of people that have worked with him have. Yeah. If he's in full commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Also for someone that has so many live projects at any given time. Yeah. Just never slept. Right. I don't even know how he did it, right? Even if you looked at his Instagram feed, <laughs> putting up 80 stories in the morning. <laughs> it's going beast mode. Yeah, yeah but also Full just turbo. like checking, 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 screen checking. Time. Yeah. This is cool. This guy's cool. This is cool. And it's, it was amazing. Who is, important question here. You might have to, if you need a second to, to think on it, totally cool. Who's the hottest babe to have ever graced the cover of Sneeze? The back page. Mm. Biggest baddie. Yeah. Because um, if people aren't familiar, right? Sneeze is a dual cover. What's the term? Well, Sneeze Complex is the dual cover. Okay. Sneeze is the, it's all posters, right? So you pull them out. It's soft fold. So that way everything can get framed. There's, I think there's bleed. Reddit boards about how they 
steam it so that way you can frame <laughs> it. You know, I've heard that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so who's the one, hottest one, babe to get steamed? Number one back page baddie. On the, I might have to come back around that. But we had a we've had a couple of Victoria's Secret models that were super Ooh, strong. Angels. A lot of that stuff was early. Um, and right now. We might have to come back. I okay. got to think about that. For do you have a, a dream? Do you have a dream person to put on the cup, whether it's the front cover or back cover that you haven't sneezed, hasn't yet gotten? It's uh, yeah. Um, it's mentioned Bill Murray, so let's remove him from the table. I mean, Bill Murray is kind of evergreen, but yeah. he might be kind of disappearing from the spotlight. So that might never happen. Right. But th- those phone calls have been made to that random landline. <laughs> What's the phone number? Yeah. I don't have it on me right now. Bless Foster. But it exists. Who are some other um, like white whales then? Um, I think it's just about, and again, this is kind of like Nick's department, right? I'm more operations and logistics. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just about being on top of the the cultural moment. You guys are very zeitgeisty. Yeah. Right? But so it's, it's us? <laughs> we'll go on the back page looking all sexy. Who's the most who's the most buzziest of the moment person right now? Because I think that's that's obviously always a hard uh, question to answer, Clint. but in this day and age where everything's so fractured, yeah, is it like Clint from Cortez is like right? But can Clint hold the cover? <laughs> probably not. Not not in any type of shade kind no. of way, right? He can probably hold the cover of most print magazines because most print magazines are they're just scrambling, right? right? Where sneeze is a bit slower, and like you, if you're on it, it's it's for like a real kind of reason. True. I think if if. Again, and this isn't my department, but if Clint were on it, it would be a crew photo, mm. right? Because that's where his power lies. Absolutely. The community. The gang. Yeah. And then the, the other hard part is putting guys on covers is hard. Because <laughs> that's why you got you, the girls on the back. Yeah. Right. We but bounce like, it out with some do you wanna, TNA. Like what, what guy <laughs> is that interesting that you want to put a poster of on your wall? True. Uh, like rappers with the word baby in their name. Skepta? Or yeah. Big big smoke. Yeah. I mean, that's not just cool, yeah. but it's hard. Dave. Drake. Dave. Yeah. yeah. Sick. The Drake um, cover passed. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? Oh, sorry. I don't know if that's going to get caught or not. No, you're fine. Um, no, like the moment for that to have happened has passed. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like what would, what could we possibly do with Drake? That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. And you again, get- like not even, not even shade, but it's just like, what are we going to do? Right. You know, that's, that's Lawrence's friend you're talking about. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. In my own mind. His imaginary friend. <laughs> and, but I think Sneeze and what Nick does very well is he cycles through the types of covers, right? So you get, you get a hype, hype rapper musician, you do it, and then you do an art cover that 99% of people have no idea what it is. Right. And so it's, it just naturally sells poorly. <laughs> Takashi <right>? Murakami, <laughs> cream cover. For real. I don't know. <laughs> no. But, you know, like, I mean, we've been lucky. We've gotten really strong art people. We've gotten really strong skateboarders, you know, music. And it kind of, that's the cycle, right? Right. Art, skate, music, girls. Just keep it moving. <laughs> I love that, dude. The, the major food groups. Yeah. <laughs> You've also done um, a bunch of collabs. Sneeze has collaborated with Adidas, Reebok, Vans. Did you have a favorite? Um, I think the first Reeboks that Nick did are great. Was it the Club, Club C? C? Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of like landed on this black and white color palette, yeah. you know, which those are hard for sure has been recurring. And I think that that was a really strong one. Although the Adidas work has been cool. And I think now that looking into what, what are the next categories? And they're like skate shoes by nature, kind of like, like the Adidas one felt like a skate shoe. Am I wrong? I mean, I know it was like the a- Adidas one that we just did. The high top that was, was skate a skate shoe. shoe. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's kind of part of how these brands do it too. They're like, we want to 
reinvigorate this silhouette. Let's go find collaborators that can do it. Yeah. You know, which I think for the three of us, we understand that, but maybe not everybody sees. Right. There's always someone on the corporate side pulling the strings mm-hmm. of the sneakers that you see coming out. Like two years ago, New Balance was like, all right, bring it back the 990 or the 992. Call up we? Justin Saunders yeah. ASAP. <laughs> Put up the J, the J signal. Yeah. The, the bat signal. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the Reeboks tie to skate, I think it's just that the shoe worked well for that. Yeah. And you can get them for cheap because if you're not How getting free shoes. Like 90 bucks? Yeah. And at Ross, they're like 40. <laughs> But dress for less, baby. If you're yeah. going to destroy them, yeah. get shoes that you can replace. Because the reality is probably most skaters can't be buying full price shoes. Right? I feel like At you, the rate they're burning through them. Sneeze was early on the club seat too, right? Like, cause that was, it's like you guys. And then again, down, it's like, we're going to relaunch the silhouette to the fucking moon, dude. Yeah. And it's like, who can make a better chill sneaker? <laughs> the chillest club C. Yeah. But, C for real, but for like, chill. that's that kind of fine level of detail <laughs> that why Sneeze does so well. Right. Like, because Nick will really sit and think about it and do it and do it correctly. So when it comes out, it looks easy, but it was really hard. Right. What sneeze collab? Shadows, you know? Yeah. What sneeze collab bricked the hardest? <laughs> I have no comment. Okay. okay. All right. That's fair. Do you we have- don't share sales data. <laughs> okay. Do you have a personal um, dream collab you'd lo- love to make happen? I-, I think of, you know, there are a few brands maybe uh, missing from the names that I listed out earlier, but I don't know. Or a specific model. Maybe it's not even a sneaker. The collabography. I think right now we're maybe you want to collab with Pairmobile. A Pairmobile, <laughs> yeah. Sick. We've also discussed maybe trying to dress the because the chair has these fabric elements. Mm-hmm. So working with kind of a fabric, like reupholstering partner. the fucking throne. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maharam, you know, mm. maybe like some stone nylon. Ooh, yeah. some performance fucking ballistic water resistant shit. And that's kind of where we're headed too, right? It's kind of the the land of custom and I can do it. And I can, if, when, when you can make everything, you got to really start to dig in. Yeah. The headrest could just be a giant badge. Fire. Yeah. Let's Wait, see. We so dream collab though, sneaker wise, anything? Um, for sneeze, that's, we let, we'll let Nick do that. Okay. Um, and are those all in brand- Belgians? Oh, you're yeah. a Belgian boy. I mean, when I, when it's, when it's appropriate, were you married in Belgians? Yes. Okay. So what was the rest of it? That was all custom done in the garment district because I have through a friend of a friend's dad who runs uh, like a close friend of ours. His dad owns like a garment factory. Mm. And so they took a suit that I had made for the wheelchair and they ripped it off for a tuxedo. Mm. Sick. Made in New York, maybe. Damn. Yeah. Dude, a so, Belgian collab would be fired. The Bradley Carbone signature Belgian. Some little kind of like, you know, ballet casual. Yeah. Yeah. Fire. Um, Rewinding a bit in your professional history for sneeze um, before all this, you worked for a bit at Starworks, an agency, a fashion brand strategy agency that you told us they're great at strategy, but terrible at getting away with scams. What (laughs) were the scams that were getting pulled there? Starworks was actually somewhere in the middle of my career. And I learned a lot from it because I worked. I worked in media first mm-hmm. and then I worked at the brand and then went to the agency, which is kind of, if you want to get into the, if you want to get into the shadows, you got to do all that stuff first. Sure. You have to know how it works. You got to run the gauntlet. Yeah. And so Starworks, they've been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, there was only a handful of these kind of high fashion agencies, right? They did the PR strategy, branding, all of that stuff. And they would just cycle through the brands, right? So there was probably 
it was Starworks, Carla Otto, you know, there's, there's a handful of these global companies. PRC. Yeah. And then they just, they screw their client and then the other <laughs> guy gets it and then they screw them and then the next guy gets it. It's a big kind of, it's a wheel. Right? It's the five families, dude. So was For it just real. like to focus on the bottom line and like yeah. the fucking strategy went by the wayside? Like, I mean, I went in there, I, I went in there to do strategy and kind of like hone those skills there. But then as a result, you also see the billing process. Right? Oh, <laughs> Which, oh. you know, I, we only, we put the whole industry on blast, but like right. that's kind of when you're dealing with intellectual capital, the margins are insane. Yeah. Right. Because you're just, you're, you're paying your staff, whatever you need to pay them to show up. And then they're just writing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's no cost of goods. Right. I guess there's rent to pay. Yeah. There's that. But the overhead you know, you're saying I was low, yeah. blown you away for- by how that stuff actually worked, you know? Um, but you build a, cl- and then you build a client, a fucking crazy bag. And they're like, uh, okay. Yeah. There's like our strategic team is going to spend six weeks doing a, uh, deck for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really just Bradley comes in for 10 days and yeah. writes it right. off the top of his head. You had to pay <laughs> for know? the PowerPoint software. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, <laughs> we're talking like six figure project. Right. Yeah. Let's get a couple more line items in here, boys. You got to pay yeah. for an associate to make sure that every, every box in the flow chart is centered, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then they cover your lunch, you know? <laughs> so when you, when you say like scam, we're not talking about like illicit activities. We mean that the entire segment of this industry is just a scam inherently. To some degree. Not that they don't have value. If we want to dig into it, fashion is the scam (laughs) all the way from the bottom to the top. Isn't that, isn't what it's Virgil's all time tweet? Oh, design is the freshest scam. (laughs) I believe it's all time. Because whenever you're dealing with kind of intellectual capital, you get get this kind of margin build on it, right? Which is also the same with clothing, right? If you were really, really good and knew exactly what you wanted, you could make custom everything and probably be sicker than everybody else. Sure. The scam stuff is kind of like, oh, we have this talent. We're, we're going to do this store opening. We're paying talent. Right. Let's just add 100000 on the talent fee. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And it's, it's inserting yourself as the middleman. It's also the opacity of the market, right? Fashion is, is historically opaque. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically what, what, what can you grab in the middle? Mm. You know, like what is someone willing to pay and how do you justify it? You know, what by any these, means necessary. <laughs> yeah, what makes these silk pants $1,000, right? I can go on Alibaba and make those exact pants for 40 bucks. Right. But they don't have the tag on it. Right. There's no badge. So. Right. But I think that's also part of getting older is, are you confident enough to make your own stuff? Well, we are. I mean, you guys are. You guys have you've released, what, two kind of massive collections? Yeah. Three shirts. Three and private label pieces of clothing. And then, yeah, two huge suites of collabs with Porter. But yeah. What about you? You have to, com- to be hyper confident in your point yeah. of view. Because you're putting yourself out there. How do you also, feel I think about that okay. we're not we're not trying to grab the biggest maximum bag possible because one we don't we don't have the confidence that people would like feel justified in paying that, and two, it's like we know that that's not we don't need those like four x margins, you know? Right, right, because it's just going to you. You don't have eight people in the middle. Yeah, we'll do yeah. two x margins. No, no, yeah, no wholesale. Uh, so the million dollar question, literally for you, Bradley, is like as you, you're forty now you're almost at your 50 year old kid level status. Would you see yourself doing something like that? Putting like your name on a, like a label and putting your money where your mouth is. No, because I'm not confident like that. <laughs> oh no! But I do have a lot of because Carbone already did merch. <laughs> yeah, true. For real, they are not even merch. They did cut. No, they did a full collab. No, they did a real brand. Yeah. yeah. Really? And maybe a yeah. collab as well. Yeah. They're also opening a tower in Miami. 
like a like, like housing. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like this like theme park thing. It's a full blown car bone experience. It's like a Margaritaville for fucking rigatoni heads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can like live the dream. So yeah. Mario Carbone is just Italian Trump is what I'm You hearing. just die of a heart attack at 62, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I mean, I, when I first got in the wheelchair, I got a lot of clothes custom made. Yeah. Because obviously pants are made for walking. They're not made for sitting. Mm. Right. So, like, you know, if you can mm. redefine the cut, they work really well. So that's that suit that, that the Tings made for me, you know, uptown is that they ripped off a suit that we got made. We did a job for Xenia a while back. And part of the deal was they gave me a bunch of stuff. Oh, shit. So we went in to the, whatever they call it, the kind of custom floor. And they measured me to make everything fit in the wheelchair. Interesting. So we did pants. We did suits, which was very Because cool. you need the right brake sitting down because you're always sitting down. Right. And it also has to button sitting down because no one buttons their blazer sitting down. But oh, true. I'm always sitting down. So, like, I have to button it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then the shirts have to have a special cut. They have to be shorter. Mm. Blazers have to be this kind of shorter because it stops here rather than at the thigh. There's got to be a market for this type of clothing, right? Guys and wheel- guys and girls in wheelchairs that just don't want to be, that want like shit custom made for their situation. They want, they want big drip. For sure. And then, and then want to look fire. And there are companies that have tried. Um, Tommy Hilfiger actually has a family member that's in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. So they have a whole disability oh, wow. thing, which I thought was really cool. Um, the hardest part is most people that are in this situation, you're spending most of your money on medical stuff, right? right. The $50,000 so, wheelchair. Yeah. And insurance covers it sometimes sure. and sometimes it doesn't, but then it's so like, maybe in socialized countries, they can afford to yeah. get wheelchair drip, but in America, yeah. no, not so America. Much. No way. Yeah. Are you, are um, you the best Sweden, Norway? Yeah. yeah. Japan. Oh, Japan wheelchair clothes. I'm sure it'd go fucking hard. I mean, Japan, the wheelchair game is crazy. Yeah. Like you tell them they're, you tell them you're coming and they wait for you at the subway with the sign fire and the little ramp because they don't have handicapped subways. So a man literally waits for you wow. with the ramp to get in and out of the subway. Sick. Dude. Eric Adams, where the fuck you at? Yeah. yeah. Um, they got that Mario Kart technology too. Are you the mm. best dressed guy in a wheelchair in the world? Don't be humble. I'm in the shadows. I don't know. Oh, come, come on, dude. You got to be in the top 1% at least. I mean, yeah. who else is up there? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I mean Larry Flint, RIP. He's Larry dead, Frank. right? So there's another example, right? Like Larry Flint made stuff, right? Mm. He's like, what? I'm in a wheelchair now. Can I make a wheelchair out of gold? (laughs) And I think that's the future for all of us as we get older. Because now we've been in this game for so long. Of course, brands can make cool stuff. But the reality is anything that makes it to the purchase moment isn't, it got watered down somewhere along the line. Right. Right. How 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 much clothing is pure vision to execution? There's just too many people in the way. Same with movies, right? Like, how do you make a perfect movie? It's never the director's mind to what you see. Right. And probably very similar with clothing as well. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of why. And now that you can make anything, it's like, are we entering this phase where, yes, you buy vintage. Yes, you buy off the rack. But then once in a while, you get an idea and you go get it done. Is that so expensive still? Like, right now with clothing, like, to get a, to go from concept to execution, like even just getting samples made, right? You still need like yeah. the factories and the patterns the cost so much. Like that's true. Or you go in halfway, right? You meet one of these people that have an atelier, you know, uh, you know, shout out like Eric Kim and the Fermé guys, mm-hmm. right? Like they're starting to kind of feel that area, right? Come in for custom, but also if we don't do full custom, maybe you can just get kind of it's like a white labeling situation. Send right? me off the but rack. Like, tastefully like what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Or you can kind of go in with your 
these are the things I want to do. And then they can show you what they've done. And then you kind of make the adjustments. Right. Um, besides kind of a lot of the stuff you mentioned where it's like stuff that's meant for sitting stuff that has to measure differently, like, uh, as one of the best dressed guys in a wheelchair in the world, if not the best, mm-hmm. does being in a wheelchair change the way you get fits off? Like, does, do you get more folk? Do you focus more on the footwear? I mean, I know you became more of a uniform guy, but like how else besides the way you've already inferred, has it changed the way you put fits together? You don't have to worry about what's on the back. That's <laughs> so true. It's like throw that shitty graphic tee on. Yeah, which is great. You know, because <laughs> yeah. so many people mess that up all the time. Or there's a massive logo on the back. The you back can still right. get away. Yeah. Do you wear a lot of juicy like- couture sweatpants? <laughs> we no know we would have no idea. Yeah. No one needs to know. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. Yeah, they actually say stony in, in bejeweled fucking yeah. bedazzled. You can't wear any uh <laughs> Evisu jeans. Yeah. It was a yeah, yeah. Evisu, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd love fucking- to do the big crotch, but that's tough. Yeah. That mm. takes a, you got to really be. You need some uh, OG ice cream with like a fucking fox yeah. right on the dick, yeah. dude. <laughs> but like, you know, hyper confidence for that kind of stuff. True. But the thing with the wheelchairs, you can wear things that might otherwise be hard to wear for a quote unquote normal guy. Right. Right. Because pants is always tricky. Right. Normal guy. You know, there's there's only so many choices that you can go down before it starts to get weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. But in the wheelchair, I mean, you, you have a little bit more room for right. pushing it. Interesting. Still not doing motocross denim, but <laughs> that'd be fire. Get dude. the ball mons out. Yeah, for real. Or like real. shoes that, I mean, a lot of times I have to walk a lot. I'm not going to wear right. shoes that are uncomfortable, right? I'm going to wear just like my fucking beater sneakers. Right. And all of my sneakers are pristine. Yeah. Do you, okay. So how often are you reflipping or are you flipping shit that you have worn because it's never touched the ground? Like to resell it? <laughs> yeah. It's more if it sits around for long enough. Right. And you kind of get over that. I, I'm still not over it though, right? Where you you just have stuff because you really really like it. Right. Sentiment is there and sentimental value attached to it? Some sentimental value, or just a moment in time that's this thing is so sick. I can never really wear it because it's bright red right. or bright green or fully patterned. But it's just you know that's kind of this. So the harder mentality, by the way, you're just justifying yeah. an addiction. Yeah, <laughs> but like when you see something like this is great. Yeah, you know. But could you wear sneakers and then flip them yeah. as like never worn Brand because new. they're uncreased? Yeah, fire. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, count, count your blessings, Bradley. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the rarest pair of sneakers you own? Huh. I had the first Pata Air Max 90s. Okay. Um, Real head shit. Yeah. I have the green ones. Yeah. Maybe the orange was the Trying friends to, and family. Maybe. Okay. I don't remember, but I know so I might they go actually for not penny. have the crazy ones. I might have the mainstream ones, mm. <laughs> but, but still, those are really good. Those are my dad's basement. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know. I just kind of have the years of, I got thrown into the sneaker culture. You know, they, like I, I got an internship at complex. I was like, Oh, these people are crazy. Everybody's <laughs> got hundreds of pair of sneakers. Right. You know, which is that's a New York thing, right? Because in New York, you're in the streets and you have to be comfortable because you're walking everywhere. And you have like no room in your apartment. So they're all just in your cubicle at whatever fucking, you know, magazine that you work at. Right. That's why it's nice to work in a magazine because you get your packages. True. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> don't you don't get need to door, your doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, I'm trying to think of the other shoes. I mean, I don't, I'm, they're just kind of like, they, they, they load up over time. Do you have a lot of rare Adidas from having spent? How, how long were you to do this for? I was there for three or four years. Okay. I have a lot of crazy stuff that just never came out. Ooh. You know, I'd have like weird samples from Raf, crazy ones from Rick, because he would sample stuff for the runway. Right. Yeah. And then they get canceled. 
Yeah. So like these crazy boob, like Rick, don't buy those horse hoof sneakers. <laughs> yeah. You fucking yeah. weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> the turbo dorks. I guess those are Converse, but <laughs> and just like heavy rubber, they just weigh crazy right. amounts. And so I, I saved a lot of that stuff just because it's cool. You know, right. what's and, the Yeezy samples looking like? You got any crazy shit from that time or was that, is that pre or is that, were you gone by then? I mean, Nike Yeezy, I was at Complex and Noah Callahan Dever has some crazy samples from that. I'm sure. Because that's when they were sampling colors. So right. there's, you know, there's all those weird colors. So he's a few of those. I put his daughters through college. Though I guess now that was the big thing like that uh, Yeezy one like sample that he wore at the Grammys. It's like the biggest loss ever, like auctioned off a couple years ago for over a million and then it just resold for like 150k Oof. that market is going the way of yeah. nfts my like NFT, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was at adidas right when kanye was getting signed okay and i was also there for the first design session Ooh, because i think How'd they, that go i think they signed him <laughs> they probably signed him I, I i my calendar is not perfect right but i think he got signed in october and usually you get signed and then you start working six months later, 12 months later. You want to start working the day that he signed the contract. <laughs> okay, that's done. Let's let's hit the fucking lab, dude. So he came to the New York office because he's in New York. And that's where on I Houston worked. Street. No, it was actually on Hudson because they had two offices. Oh, sorry. I meant he lived on Houston. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right across from the Adidas like store. Kind yeah. of. A well, J- like Street, catty yeah. corner. Yeah. But he came in blazing, like ready to design. Of course. And also just doing horrible things like out the gate, yeah. like, you know, going saying, manic mode, like, saying anti-Semitic shit or like just <laughs> or having terrible like secret ideas or both. <laughs> That's amazing. Where do we start? <laughs> but also just saying crazy stuff like, oh, like, can we move this person out of the way? The way they look distracts me. <laughs> what was the craziest idea he had that you were very much immediately just like, this is never going to market? Um, I mean, I got I was leaving there at that time. Okay. So I not I was, my problem. <laughs> yeah, not my problem. Right. When it was getting kicked around, I was like, yes, this is a great way for you guys to kind of enter this space. But then you Oh, know, it was a great move for Biden. He had come in and out of it, he had come in and out of complex multiple times, right? So I, yeah. I had already had my run-ins. I had already had my set of stories. Yeah. And so like you had to know what you were getting into, and they didn't know. Mm. But you did. Oh, because he was like a guest editor at complex, yeah. right? Multiple times. Is that when you were is yeah. that like when you worked with him? Yeah, but it's magazine. more that I would see him in the hallway or like hear him <laughs> saying something insane. Well, him and Noah were really close, right? Noah wrote a bunch of cover stories. Yeah, yeah but, and he was also like a quote unquote guest. I don't, I don't know, know how much he was actual. also the OG <laughs> fit check guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Dan, yeah, Kanye invented fit check. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was Kanye's Kanye's beatdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're so, here. We moved out to Bradley's beatdowns. That all aged poorly but, yeah you know uh, <laughs> that whole culture is not aging great yeah again look at the bottom lines folks but although he's just sold a ton of those shoes yeah like 160 million dollars like of, they cut their losses significantly yeah and it also just kind of shows the level you get stuck in your new york bubble and you think everybody knows everything about all of this no. and that's not kids just uh, feel like this is go cool. to I want to go to miami and everyone's wearing fucking yeezus and essentials yeah, Ye- true. yeah. not yeezus I mean, essentials and the slides look like, really why are you wearing, together. why are you wearing sweatshorts in the fucking 99 degree um, humidity, bro? I mean, my favorite part Driving of, the, of the less recently now, but my favorite part of going back and forth between New York and Miami was the Supreme uh, Air Yeezys mm. that don't oh, exist. Yeah. <laughs> where they put, where they write Supreme in that, like whatever, in, like that the stripe. brush font. Yeah. Like where, where they, the, the more recent Yeezys had that like stripe in like the three fifties. Yeah. And they would put, <laughs> it would just say Supreme and yeah. they would make it red. And I mean, 
Those are actually sick. There's the, the, the Supreme ones. There's the Balenza Gagas. Yeah. Like you got like a lot of good, a lot of really good collabs. Actually. The Versace's. <laughs> yeah. The first time I went to China, we went to one of those mark like marts that sell everything fake possible. Oh, yeah. They're the best. And they were selling all it's the hottest these, shit in the game. All these different phones. It was kind of somewhere near the beginning of the iPhone. And so all of these phones had iOS on them. So you get like a flip phone with iOS. <laughs> It was so sick. Like they probably didn't work, but I wish I'd bought all of that stuff because it's, it's cool as hell. It's amazing. I bought some, uh, some Popeye's uh, Air Force once in Beijing. Uh, like Popeye's chicken and biscuits and still have them and a bunch of other fake shit that I never mean, existed. Great. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> all the like, shit that should, they should be all real collapse. Did Budweiser ever have a fucking Air Force? Because like I, I bought those. those <laughs> no. <are awesome. laughs> I don't think so. The DUI fours. I guess the, the, Heineken's, the Heineken's existed. Yeah, well, there's the yeah. Heineken Dunk, yeah. most famously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. But now that we're in post, 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 like, you know, yeah. now the Damn, bootleg is cool. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> um, so when you were at Adidas in the 2010s, you did a bunch of trend forecasting back then in that era. But what we want to know, we want to tap back into that big brain of yours. Mm-hmm. What are some trend predictions you have for 2024? Bradley's beatdowns. Here we okay. go. So let's go... I guess let's talk about clothes first and then sure. we can go into kind of macro culture, inevitable, yeah. inevitable <laughs> end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple the doomsday scenarios. So now I'm old, right? I'm 41. You're still a kid. Yeah, you have till 50. So according to me, I'm a kid, but I'm old, okay. right? So I've finally seen the cycle. I've seen the full cycle, <laughs> which is a really hard reality to deal with. <laughs> when you see the exact same stuff come back around. Right. It's kind of jarring. Yeah. yeah, but and we're then, getting it too on a 10 year level. Maybe you're more on like a 20 year level. Not that we're that different in age. But yeah, still. I'm on a full, I'm, I'm almost 20 years in New York. Yeah. So I'm starting to see the trends go full. And that's like a hardcore reality check. <laughs> so where are we at right now? Right. We just got done with Gorp Core. Mm-hmm. You know, we just peaked probably on lightweight Gore-Tex jackets sure. last year. Shells everywhere. So where, where do we go next, right? So we're going into economic con- uh, compression moment. So menswear always comes back during economic compression. Oh, fuck. <laughs> my time to oh. shine. Jack Nicholson give, yes. We're about to give, I mean, I got to keep got my to tuck job. His blazer in. <laughs> because everyone at Complex thought I did uh, fuck yeah menswear. Oh, shit. And then yeah. I obviously did not. That was me. But thank you for <laughs> yeah, no problem, extra bro. like two years of employment. That's cool, bro. <laughs> So, so where are we at? So that's Pete, right? Mm-hmm. And so what inevitably comes? Menswear will inevitably show up now. Uh, camo is days away. Mm. Right? I like that. I got some, we got some real tree ready to go. Guys yeah. can only stay from camo for two years max. <laughs> yeah. It's just too much. The camo right? keeps calling. It's like, whoa, wait, frog camo? Yeah. Well, there's they'll... so many different types. Yeah. yeah. And Desert camo? Yeah. And if you Did you? Just buy the book. You know, <laughs> Maharishi wrote it right. all down. Yeah, yeah. Did you camo sick? And I think that like what Pharrell and I'm guessing Matthew did for the LV At show. LV. Yeah. You know. That was like, a digi oh, camo, right? Is. Yeah. Yeah. With they the kind of took Dami, digi yeah. one step further. It's like a little bit bigger squares, yeah. but like. It's cool. Mm. On Exploded LeBron's terrible you. fit on opening night last night. Yeah. He was wearing that jacket. He wore it. He's wearing a jacket and very tight pants. And he had the a, bag. And a 20, or the whole fit was $20,000 according to some Twitter account. Yeah. So not even close to me. But he got the new. Not f- even fucking, he yeah. barely cracked half of what no. you got going on just mm. at the base. Just yeah. on a normal uniform day. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the new, he's in the billboard, right? He's in the campaign. So it's You like, could be you know, naked uh-huh. in the chair. Yeah. You could be naked in the chair and still be out flexing. LeBron. 
<laughs> Rihanna good. got replaced by LeBron. So the first tunnel fit on opening night, the game that the Lakers lost, he did come through with the LV speedy and okay. the digi But again, camera. you got to, that's something you got to handle. You got to do that one carefully. Yeah. Because it looks the best as the full fit. Yeah. Well, it looks cool on Pharrell. It looks like shit. It could on look LeBron. cool in the wheelchair, I think. Yeah. yeah. But like as a normal guy walking down the street, good luck. <laughs> Even wearing those pants is pretty hard. Yeah. Right? Like printed pants for guys is hard. Yeah. But in the wheelchair, it kind of works better because it's part of like a, a whole encompassing thing. Right. So once in a while, when I do wear something outside of my day to day, we do like, I've got. The leopard print Noah pants. Hell I yeah. got the Sean Crawford Arcteryx. Oh, you know, I have all that stuff. Give his Fire. jeans. Those are expensive. Yeah. But he's going in a really smart direction, right? Everything's like one of one. Right. But I think for a moment, my thought with him, and I don't know that we ever really talked about it closely, was start volume, get this stuff into volume, you know? And I was wrong. <laughs> like him as artist and those as art pieces is right. the move. Mm, yeah. And it's sick. And I think he's he's already in motion, and then that's only going to get stronger. Shout out Sean. And he's someone that can price it at whatever, four figures, and people can adequately validate or, or justify the price tag. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, this is art. It's one of one. It's the perfect pair of vintage fucking double knees or, or denim that you know he just put his touch on, and like these literally yeah. don't exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah, and he also has the uh, lineage. Yes. Right? Came up in New York. Saw everything, yeah. did everything, and he went, now he go hard at go yard. Yeah. The pedigree is Korea. valid as fuck. Yes, without a doubt. So Camo's coming back. Uh, here first, folks. <laughs> um, they're gonna have to figure out what to do with technical jackets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I rep Stone hard, you know, and they're fine. But, but again, our favorite Stone and CP is like not the hardcore like utility stuff. It's like there's. There's utility in it, but it's still kind of has like a more vintage rooted silhouette yeah. and vibe to it. And like, more like classic military even versus kind of? just like yeah. versus just like the most futuristic, innovative space age, you know, stuff that you can climb I the agree. top of Everest in. Yeah. yeah. But that's the whole family looks at it that way as well. Right. They have one of the craziest military archives. Sure. Period. Right. And so that that's where it really comes from. So sometimes they have to dip in and out of this trendy stuff and like yeah. weird camos to keep. I don't know, keep mainstream happy, but where they excel is military. Mm. Yeah. And then right. fit is also a thing that you see these brands kind of figuring out in real time too, where it's like a fire piece from CP or stone, but like the fit doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's a little a bit too European. skinny. Yeah. A bit Euro trash. Yeah. But that's why say. you buy it big. Yeah. Of and course. That's why you pay. You got to pay attention. You got to try it on. You got to understand mm -hmm. what you're dealing with and it kind of adjust accordingly. Absolutely. So you've got military. Obviously I think, I was surprised to see that Raph had the bomber already because mm -hmm. to me that seemed really fast. The Prada bomber? That yeah. He, that one, the big leather boy? Yeah. No, uh, I think they did nylon, like oversized okay. for the runway. But to me, that felt early, but obviously it's coming because this is the cycle. Right. Menswear and military is what's happening. <laughs> Damn. Get ready, folks. It's kind of, we used to go to war in this country. Now yeah. we just dress like exactly. it. Exactly. And then footwear. I don't know. Everybody figured out that lover, lovers are what's up. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. But now what? World and all that. Mm. Boots, boots. Uh, it's cold, right? In a, a month and a half. We so. love our our legacy camions. We like Tim's, rep, we rest that hard. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, Tim's always. If you live in New York, you have to, right? Yeah. You have to have the wheat ones. You have to have the all black. I had the opening ceremony Velcro ones, <laughs> which were sick. Wait, like literally Velcro straps? Yeah. So they did no <laughs> laces, right? And they did a six inch wheat. 
but mm. it's like Velcro. Maybe okay. there's four Velcros. Umberto just did. Those uh, are really uh, good. Umberto just did a few more um, Timberlands, tins. right? Yeah. I don't know yeah. what they really look like though. I, I don't remember what they look like, but I don't. It didn't register, so I don't know if it was anything. Also, what do you do to a, a six-inch boot? That's well, done? Virgil did like the high-end version of Tim's foot when he was at LV, right? He was a, he saw that he was ahead of it. I don't know if I've seen those in person ever, but he had them in the line, right? I still have an old pair of Tim's um, uh, BBC Black. Remember mm. that shit, McNary and Pharrell, uh, right? Yeah. And Cynthia, yeah. Ah. Uh. Which is like a, uh, it's a wheat, but then it has like a bright yellow, uh, big ass collar, ankle collar. Right. Do you ever wear them? Those sound good. Nah. <laughs> yeah, but it's another one of those things where you get them and then you have them and then you realize that the original is actually better. Yeah. Sure. Especially like, when it's a classic. Let me hold on item. to these. Let me hold on to these for 15 years. Yeah. And I'll give them another wear. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's also part of this kind of aging in this zone. Right. And that's what I talked about earlier is try to get every classic sneaker in your color <laughs> and then you're less of a kid. Right. So it's like, okay, do I have the all white Air Forces, the all black Air Forces, maybe the wheat? Then that's done. Right. Mm -hmm. And like go through each of the styles and then you got it. And then there's your closet. Done. So we got military menswear, military and menswear. We got uh, just the classic footwear options that you need to just always have on deck. Mm -hmm. Also, when you're in economic tightening, you got to have classics. Right. Right. If you start walking around with a clown and like silver sneakers. (laughs) tough yeah do you think that like uh that like the technical runner is is out as a sneaker i mean i'm still holding out and i know we're late in the cycle but the born and raised tn that's kind of one of spanto's dreams so we're gonna try to see if that can happen okay damn okay little roadman ting yeah but i mean like that's not even been addressed at all so that's a cold wall just best. did a Nike, um, the Air Max Plus. They just did a yeah, so that's very good. So obviously, like that's like you know tip of the spear type shit. So I would imagine we'll see some of the some more. I hope so. Tuned airs coming yeah, our way. Soon. I think that I think that whole lineage is pretty rich. Yeah, I, I know some people think it's clown shoes or like it's too mainstream, but it's a UK thing, right? Isn't it's it a like UK thing? Yeah, and it's a you know it's a. Dope boy thing. Yeah. You know, it's a cool shoe. Yeah. I'd rather wear that than fucking Pata Air Maxes, if I'm being totally frank. Yeah. And they had that kind of futuristic play to it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, footwear's hard. It will continue to be hard. What about like uh, any any other trend prediction of 2024 beyond what we put on our bodies? Yeah. Let's go macro. So that's the bodies. Macro trend is everybody that doesn't do anything is in big trouble. <laughs> Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> is this another economic compression thing where it's like, yeah, you can't just get by on on IG followers now on Substack? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but this is the reckoning is twenty twenty four, right? Because <laughs> bozo reckoning. You better re- check K twenty four. Better check yourself before you reckoning yourself. Because <laughs> the uh, the money was free, right? Twenty 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 one. It was. <laughs> oh, like stim- from from the government <laughs> stimulus. Yeah, there was stimulus. Brands thought they were going to run out of money, right? And then they didn't. It's like, oh, let's just spend it on events and influencers and TikToks and, you know, like overly expensive photo campaigns, right? Yeah. But what everybody thought was going to be 2020, 2021 is 2024. Right. So it's on, right? So if you've been getting money and- (laughs) The heat is on, boys. (laughs) You've been faking it, it's coming. So now's the time to learn how to do what you say you do. (laughs) (laughs) Watch some YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Go to trade school. 
or get as close as you can to power and like don't leave for two years. <laughs> yeah, proximity to power is important. Just folks. vampires, some powerful motherfuckers. Clout draft. I'll yeah, think. become somebody's driver. <laughs> okay. Weed man, weed carrier. Yeah, weed carriers are coming back Mad hard, man. Yeah. Because I was trying to think back, like in I, in my twenties in New York, it's like, how do I get through this thing? Because I'm not a flashy guy, right? So it's like, how do you learn the game or get into the game without showing up, looking the sickest or being the loudest or whatever? It how is. did you do that? I just kind of kept going. I don't know that I did a great job at it at the time, but I just like. It was the attrition play, you know. Mm. I I had a job that I didn't let go of, so I could pay my rent. You know, <laughs> you'll never get go rent to every event. Yeah. Go to every single event because you get free food, free alcohol. Yeah, we did that. You know, get a get an awesome looking photo in the New York Post. Yeah, yeah, which we'll, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get we're to covering that. that for sure. But yeah, it's just about yeah, it's like the attrition play. Like, yeah, can you keep yourself alive in New York long enough? Right. But there are people that do that, stuff. and they think that that's them doing the game successfully. And it's like, no, you're just doing that to like survive, meet, like keep your name in the mix and like, you know, try to make like, yo, Oh, we should, you know, link up later and like actually make something happen together on some Lincoln build corny bullshit. But like, that is kind of what you have to do. Sure. And if people don't know you, it's not going to happen. Right. right? And so some people, they just get the magic perfect storm Mm -hmm. and they get famous fast. Right. You're the cool photographer. You're the, you know, whatever. Right place, right time a little bit. Most people are somebody famous as a kid. True. Mario Carbone. (laughs) Yeah. Such as yourself. My dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But yeah, the reckoning is on. So it's like either learn your craft for real. Yeah. I mean, for real. I mean, New York is wild, right? If you you stop moving, you probably have to go. Yeah. You got to go shark mode. You know, yeah. get that $5 foot long, eat half for lunch, save the next half for dinner. Don't get greedy. Yeah. Use your brain. And if you, if you can be tight on it like that, you'll make it, you'll yeah. be fine. And then you can, you can keep painting or keep taking photos or whatever it is that you love to do. So two-tone, I think, or maybe it's Swanto, I forget, or maybe it's both of them kind of share this theory, but uh, I believe it's two-tone actually was saying that like the moment passes between East coast, West coast every 10 years. Right. Uh, 80s, it was New York. It was like hip hop, graffiti. 90s was West Coast surfing, Stussy. And then like, I don't know. He kind of says it like ping pong's back and forth. Maybe I'm getting the, the decades wrong. Yeah. Is New York back? And is it going to be better off with the reckoning or worse off? I As think we New York week? finally came back this summer. Okay. Mm. I don't know what you guys think, but like everyone's like, oh, it's back. It's back. It's back. But this summer it was back. People it were back, out. Back. People were going out. People were going to restaurants. Yeah. The weird part about New York is people aren't eating late yet, <laughs> which is very Is that when weird. you really know that it's back? The 11 p.m. res at Carbone? <laughs> yeah, or the, you know, Blue Ribbon 2 a.m. <laughs> seafood tower. Right. And we, had, we had a few late dinners this summer, I feel like. Raul's, uh, the yeah. fried chicken spot in Soho. I mean, Blue to Ribbon. me, though, like 9 p.m., I'm like, ooh, fucking late, dude. Well, yeah. you have a DV disorder, so. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also me. Like, we I eat early now because right. I'm old. But I love a 6 p.m. dinner. <laughs> the but best that's a huge New York thing, right? Late nights, you know, being around, seeing people. Mm-hmm. It, so yes, I think New York is back right now. Um, in terms of the back and forth between the coasts, that's like the rivalry conversation. Or that's like the LA point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you ask a New Yorker, New York is like, well, we're always on top. Right? Like, like people in Boston are like, fuck the Yankees, right? <laughs> I think LA kind of had us in the 2010s though. Yeah, but the, 
with like Fear of God, John Elliott, like all these oh, brands that were like- fashion particularly. Yeah. yeah, and kind of this like, you know, uh, Eddie Salman was out there. Like, you know, Raph was like fucking- That's fair. But they've been so quiet too that it even just like a, a whisper sounds a lot louder. True. You know, in fucking- In a quiet ass room. Exactly. The context is key there. But. Right. But we're all these coast guys, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, this is this is- this is everything. Do you us. think when the reckoning yeah. happens in 2024, New York will be stronger of it because like we have called the week yeah. and they're gotten the fuck out the paint and flown back to Ohio? Or do you think Survival it'll actually be fitted. worse for us? The problem with New York is it's so expensive that we're going to lose a lot of talent. Mm. And that's always been a problem. So who knows? Maybe it finds itself. Maybe it writes itself. Maybe these neighborhoods that have been brewing for so long finally come into their own. Yeah. Nickel, Nickel Square. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people have been like, oh, Bushwick's on forever, right? Yeah. Bushwick is Bushwick, dude. But like, it's, it's never like, come, it's never fulfilled the prophecy. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> the prophecy I mean, of what? Can, another rave? <laughs> yeah. It's raves, right? Yeah. And it's like apartments that you can afford and it's kind of young talent, right? And I don't know. I mean, it's been I guess, way, but people have been just saying that for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And like people have said, New York dead forever right. too, right? So obviously makes- as a New Yorker or as New York affiliated, because I'm from Long Island, I'm not from New York. You've lived here over 10 years, so you're a New Yorker. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I don't claim it. <laughs> oh, no, not you. I can claim it in front of everybody except everybody that were born in New York. Well, yeah. That never. True. That, that never, never flies. Happens, you know? Those <laughs> fucking pieces <clears throat> of shit. But <clears throat> as New Yorkers, we're like taught to hate Los Angeles. Right? Yeah. It's just what it is. It's our like it's it's a go to it's a standby like easy oh, what whipping should we talk boy. about let's talk about how much LA sucks punch down very easy <laughs> right <laughs> and so by working with born and raised a lot of that changed for me I mm. learned LA culture I met all these people I think that in LA you have many more pockets of homogenous culture where in New York you have this blended culture because you have to yeah right you've got the glass building next to the project next to the middle income housing, everybody's in it together. Yeah. In LA, you're in your community and you do it and you do it hard and you do it forever. It's a pride thing. Yeah. But you can also stay in your neighborhood. Yeah. But I mean like neighborhood pride versus city pride, even if there is borough pride, obviously in New York. And that's also like born and raised LA, not fucking influence or Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, just, I don't even know. Right. That yeah. even we can all agree. Fuck that. <laughs> but I think that was the magic of Born and Raised is that was the idea of like, can we bring this disparate city under an umbrella? You know, and that's, I think that's where the momentum came from and where, where we, we worked really hard to make that happen. Mm. Right. So like met Sponto and Tutone and was like, okay, cool. You're in this fragmented city. You guys have a bigger picture view. So let's take that viewpoint and go hard yeah right? like can can we use this brand to encapsulate a city that's just a bunch of villages right? true it's italy yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn bars well earlier this year we lost the giant that was sponto r.i.p sponto forever um for anyone not lucky enough to have met the guy what made sponto so special i mean there's lots of things that made sponto special and that's why there's kind of so many articles written and all these people that have said so many great things about him. I think one of the magic parts of Sponto is that he never forgot where he came from, which is 
really, really hard to do, especially when you come from a rough upbringing, mm. right? It's kind of like the rapper's dilemma. Like, do I go back to where I came from or do I move to New Jersey and live in a mansion? <laughs> right. Cause it's hard because you come up as a group of people, everybody's struggling and then you start to see some success and everybody wants a piece of that success. Um, so to me, that's kind of one of the first things that's the magic of Sponto is he didn't forget his people. As far as I know. Is yeah, that I, like an, an, an inherent generosity that he had or is it a humbleness? Like, I think it's, it's a combination of all of that. Right. Yeah. So he, he had, he was generous. He was, I mean, hum, he had a pretty sizable. Ego, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But knew when to humble himself, knew how to read the room again, like how to survive the apocalypse, learn how to read the room, mm -hmm. get next to power, you know? <laughs> um, but Sponto was really good about taking care of people, mm. right? So if he knew that so-and-so has a daughter with cancer, Sponto took the time, go to the hospital, hang out, you know, send them a box of born and raised clothes. You know, while we're on the phone with Nike or the NFL trying to like get these yeah. programs moving, right? So it's like, let's, let's work every single day and make this thing go off. But at the same time, let's not forget right. everybody that's, helped along the way and yeah. that's kind of like him giving back to the high school bringing sneakers to all the kids it's like amazing yeah. you know or like printing special t-shirts for venice mm -hmm. that you can't buy right um all that kind of stuff just to like and to kind of like remember where you came from while you keep moving you know and like, i think that's one of the, the the real magics and the other one is like being able to yeah go into any room and and know how to behave yeah Right. I think any, anyone that met him, whether it's for like five minutes or a lifelong friendship, you felt like uh, he made you feel like you're like the most special person or like the most special person in the room. Yeah. And I think your guys interview with Sponto is very complete. So anybody listening, you should go and Thank review you. that Thank yeah. you. because you kind of touched on all of the elements. Um, and that's what makes a, a, an individual rich. Right. Right. Like because layers like an onion, baby. For real. Right. Yeah. Came from like really hardcore upbringing, you know, which. That will either shape you or break you. And then when we met, you know, I only lightly knew about that stuff. And then it's like, okay, cool. Let's turn this up. And okay, like, let's make, let's, let's make Los Angeles cohesive, mm -hmm. which is an impossible task. Right. But I think it was kind of getting there. Mm, absolutely. Is there a specific memory or story that like you hold on to and revisit when you are thinking of him or, or missing him? And like, well, if you, one you could share. Um, I, we, because we were so involved, right. We, we, we talk on the phone two, three times a day. I don't know if we talked about this, but like, I kind of came on to kind of help them take born and raised further. Right. right? Which is kind of like well, a lot of the work that I do is I try to kind of find things with, and with potential energy and then right. help organize it, talk to people, make things happen. An operating officer. I guess so. To some degree. Yeah. Ops. <laughs> An optimizer, yeah. an Oppenheimer, head of ops, <laughs> mm. Mm. head op. <laughs> um, I guess like a fun story, because like, also like when you're older, it's harder to break down the walls, right? Like the social walls. Other people say, oh, like you know, post thirty or post forty, it's very hard to meet new people. Sure, or make friends, just generally speaking. Right. Yeah. I think when we when you live in New York, it's easier to do because you go out, you know. But again, like a lot of times with guys you have to find a way to break down the wall to like become friends. And an easy way to do that is by going out, <laughs> right? Alcohol and whatever sure. else helps you like kind of like drop the walls. So Sponto and I 
worked on, we, we, we helped open the Carhartt store in LA, like a side project. And I, hopefully I'm not putting anybody on blast, but they all wanted to go <laughs> to the strip club after the opening, right? Of course. Why not? And when in Rome. Again, like until I, until I met the Born and Raised guys, I didn't understand Los Angeles. And in the past I had gone and the strip clubs don't have alcohol. Right. Mm. Right. Which is very strange. And then you get like a full blown reality check of where you are when you're not, yeah. it's yeah. not like <laughs> copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like this might bring, this kind of brings up all kinds of like privilege and the white sure. guy and whatever, but yeah. like whatever guys go to strip clubs. It's really fun. <laughs> right. But it's really fun if you're like partying. Yeah. You know, if you just go, it's very creepy. Just to hang out. You don't want to be sober at the strip club. <laughs> so I knew that going to Los Angeles and they were like, oh, let's go to the strip club. I was like, oh, this is really weird. But yeah, sure. We'll go to the strip club after the opening. But Spondo made a call and somehow we got like a table full of water bottles full of every type of alcohol. <laughs> Your own open bar. Hey, you want some uh, Poland Spring? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's how, that's how this works. Yeah. Right. So they were all marked, right? So we're at the table. So then we could we hang out there for, I don't know, four, four or five hours. Um, <laughs> It's like those are super all, hydrated. Yeah, but <laughs> More water, are, please. Those are all those like moments of like helping understand Los Angeles right. that I always kind of come back to with Sponto. And Cracking like, the code. Yeah. And like it's as a New Yorker, it's such a opaque, strange place. It's like you're in one of the biggest cities in the world. You have all these different types of people, but you all stay in your house. Right. You, I got to drive. What? You got to drive to the event. You have to make <sighs> a conscious decision to see somebody. Right. Um, and then, you know, what I always kind of take is all of the beautiful people that I've met in those worlds, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of what I take from, from Sponto, right? The different people, you know, uh, he was super close with cartoon and his whole network. Right. And I had met those guys multiple times in the past, but now through Sponto and Born and Raised, gotten very close with them, yeah. you know, music guys, um, you know, and the people that now I know the people that kind of make LA happen. Right. People joke about like calling someone the mayor. Maybe they're being a little facetious, but like in his case, it's like he was the mayor. Yeah. And I think it was in a lot of people's interest to, again, like I said, like to pour gas on that, right? right. Because he was somebody that could handle it personality wise. And then with the right people behind him, could kind of follow around and kind of organize things, pick up the pieces so and make it happen. When you came into Born and Raised, is that when we started seeing like the collaborations with the Rams, the Dodgers, the entire NFL, Nike, fucking straight petrol. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of, they had a brand that was about LA and all those value systems that they grew up with. Right. I came in like, okay, cool. You guys want to make a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> and not right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain this without overly bigging up. You don't myself. sound like a carpet. Well, you have, you're, you're trying to help them. You have Sponto and Two-Tone who are two like, unbridled creatives right you might not necessarily right. know how to like fucking make make the business side of it ring yeah. off and all the great relationships there's two but there's always the like right organizer and, left, and the, the creative it's like a right and left brain but they had both on one side yeah <laughs> they were like yeah. super heavy it was on. like a seesaw that couldn't uh, go up and down you know <laughs> both right. on the same end like, the oh seesaw. we got two guys we're like brilliant creatives we're, yeah. we're street tops like yeah, we have we have everything. It's like yeah, you have everything except for all the things that they think the business kind of happens. Except for <laughs> an adult in the room. So and I wasn't the only one. There's right. other people that at born and raised. You know, there's there's Ethan who you know brought in kind of money and resources and some strategic thinking and like the rest of the team. But I kind of helped bridge that gap, right? Because like I I had understanding of New York streetwear, 
brought that over there. And they were like, yeah, let's go hard with collaborations. So Sponda was like, then get me a Nike. <laughs> that was like the first meeting. So I was like, okay. <laughs> what did he want more, Nike or Taco Bell? Ooh. The Taco Bell thing was sick. Yeah. Do you, have, do you, do you get free Taco Bell for life now? <laughs> you should. I could, I guess. I didn't <laughs> ask. Um, but you the like Taco the, the card that Beyonce has with Popeyes. Yeah. But that's Lifetime why card. that was such a fun, why Born Ready was so much fun because things pop up and then we figure out how to do it. Right. Right. So I talk about like, let's do a collaboration. So we're like, fuck. Okay. They're like, hold on. What if instead of doing a collaboration, we gift all of these kids that work at Taco Bell. Right. So instead of doing something that sold, we did 250,000 uniforms for t-shirts. Yeah. Crazy. And they delivered to every single person that worked at Taco Bell on the same day. Fire. And it's sick because you're giving it to people that, do not have the levels of access. Right. They don't get cool stuff. And it's like, here, this is for you. Right. And they're appreciated. You can, yeah. And now that's, again, like, what are the magical Sponto stories? Like, so yeah, there's great partying stories. There's great, like, whatever. But these moments of reaching down and grabbing people and lifting them up is, that's a rising very, tide, very baby. Cool, yeah. Right. Like, let's take Taco Bell and let's make it interesting. Give, give something. Yeah. Absolute legend. RIP Sponto. But hold on um, a second. So just to go back yeah. on like the Nike thing, mm. I bet the, I met Sponto's like, I want a Nike. Right. So that was what, five, six years ago. And that was literally day one when you, when you first came in <laughs> or when you've almost in a, in a working capacity. Once, okay. once we got through like ripping down the walls of like, <laughs> you know, you, you have to have a few 5am conversations <laughs> to make sure you're on the same page. Right. Right. <laughs> and then you can go back to the 10am conversations. <laughs> Um, the few days rest in between. But yeah. one of them was get me a Nike. It's like, okay. So it's one thing to be like, we're awesome. Give us a free, sh- give us a shoe, give us a yeah. collaboration. Or you can look at it and say, what are the steps we have to take to be positioned properly to get these projects? Nike's tagline is everyone is an athlete, right? Like, okay, you want a, you want a Nike, let's align you with sports. So Starting today, you love the Dodgers <laughs> and you're going to go to like every single sports game and start to like make this part of who you are. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't false. Cause like, he, you know, there's heritage, there's growing up, you go with your grandparents, all of that. Yeah. But that's where a lot of that stuff came from. It's like, okay, we want to get next to the sports where giants. Let's, let's be credible. We do sports, sports now. Yeah. And I think there's still a lot there in sports, you know, and I know there's a lot of streetwear companies like poking around. Most people are not doing it well, right? Because nobody's really like figured out what to do. You have these amazing logos, right? All these sports teams have these legacy logos that are just sick. We just have to figure out like, how do you put that into fashion and streetwear in a way that makes sense? Right. And I don't know if anybody's done it right yet. Supreme does a lot, right? They have the MLB collab, I guess. Trying to think. I mean, the Supreme Yankees is cool. Yeah. But again, it's because it's so New York. True. Um, same born and raised Dodgers is, is super strong yeah, because it's so sense. LA. Totally. But it's like, it's such a rich, you've got, I mean, per league, you've got 30 crazy logos plus all yeah. the heritage ones. But it's like, how do you make it? How do you crack it? Jerry does a ton of baseball shit because like he's from a baseball family, right? His dad was, is a fucking famous man. Ronnie right. Fye, creative director of the Knicks. Oh, right. Daniel Arsham, creative director of the Cavs. <laughs> Did you not get fired yet? I don't know. <laughs> but like what? But no one's done it yet. Right. Like, yeah, how do you right. do it for real? For real, for real. Yeah. Or or it just doesn't work. 
you know, yeah. and it has to be the MoMA Yankees hat, like just like these, yeah. like, or like you know. a, like all the ALD Yankee hats and Mets hats and stuff like that. I mean, hats is easy. That's sure. the easiest thing to do. It's the other stuff. But then it's like, do you love your sports team that much that you rep it that hard? To me, that's a big future thing. Is like how these other yeah. cities can kind of come up. How are you as a man wearing a hat from a team full of other men? Uh, you just get your tied into date Taylor Swift. Yeah, all of a sudden everyone fucking wants <laughs> yeah. Chiefs gear. Yeah, right. Just get Taylor Swift yeah. involved, and you're good. That's, that's the answer. Red and white five fifties must have gone crazy. Woo. <laughs> but I mean, Virgil was super psyched on NBA. Yeah. yeah, right. And I, you know, Virgil's done a lot of great things, but the LV NBA stuff did true. Hit. Yeah, he it did was like that. too expensive. It was it, it, you couldn't find the formula. So is he wearing a fucking Calgary Flames jersey on the cover of Sneeze? Yeah. He, he's yeah, a, he was honestly, hockey, he was rocking hot. He has a there's a great pick of him in a Whalers joint. Well, he wore hockey jerseys well. Wisconsin's yeah. a sweaters. Big, Wisconsin's a big hockey state. Yeah, that's and true. Chicago's a hockey, a bit of a hockey yeah. town. Blackhawks. His photo six. shoot, he pulled out. He came really he hard. He looked so with good. The, like that was really thought through. He brought his own shit. He sounded so. Well, it was all Everything. the and, and he went yeah. crazy with the jewels. If I'm not wrong, right? Didn't he do crazy stuff? Yeah, he, he, he went full grill, right? Or, full grill and yeah. the rings. So sick, dude. And he was sick at that time. Yeah. You know, and so. Like ill. His illness was. Yeah. Yeah. Full. Sick and ill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was also pandemic. Yeah. So basically he and Kenneth just drove around Chicago and and Virgil gave him the tour of Chicago and they got really close off of that. Amazing Hmm. shit. Um, Shout out Kenneth Capello, legend. Well, whether it's Sponto, whether it's Virgil, you know, you're operating in the shadows, you're positioning yourself next to power. Uh, You've spent a lot of time in the last 20 years with a lot of New York City downtown legends. What yes. downtown Don Dada gave you the most knowledge that you still retain to this day? Uh, yeah, pound for pound, who had the bars? I mean, I said this in my, like, uh, when you guys were making fun of me on the other one with the rat story. Isaac. Isaac White. Yeah, yeah. yeah our guy. Shout out Isaac. I know. What's his tagline when it starts? What's your favorite oh, yeah. downtown legend? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite downtown legend? Sorry, like we're a little far in the podcast. My brain's no, no, it's totally fine, dude. <laughs> so you said Aaron the Don. Aaron, yeah. Aaron wrote the book for real. The downtown Don. You know, and it's it's been replicated, and it's I think it's obvious now, but maybe it's not right. But what Aaron like? He kind of almost put it into the format of. Get a community, get the community around whatever it is that you're doing, and then you become that idea can become bulletproof, and then you can step away from it and do the next one. So he like created that blueprint, is what you're saying to some degree. Yeah, you have to you you have to have people before anything. Mm, bars, right? And that's what they did with Supreme. Right? Yeah, they Supreme was already that, but then they just built it and built it and built it, so it becomes impenetrable. Right. Right. Blueprints aside, was Aaron also the most fun dude to party with? Back in the day? Probably. Yeah. I was young. Like, I, I'm half a generation below, probably. Right. So I was there, but I wasn't on the couch. Right. <laughs> right. But you was so, there. When people say you wasn't there, you could be like, well, I was there. I was there. I was just not a VIP. Can you? Yeah, have- and I got, like, I get the, like, whatever, the pound, the high five. Sure. But, like, not the long sits on the couch. Yeah, right. not the 5 a.m. combos. Yeah. yeah. Can you revive now? But now they're not 5 a.m. because everybody's sober. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're like 3 p.m. on the 9 a.m. breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Can you help revive a New York thing? Remember that brand? It's on right now. It's for sale right now. You can buy it. How much? I'll buy it. Oh, like the whole brand? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You can buy a t-shirt. Oh, how much for the brand though? 
I don't know. That's I can put you in touch. Right. The, the biggest uh, personal shopping request ever from Virgil uh, when I worked at Grailed was he wanted all of the anything stuff that was on. Damn, Grailed. I had a T-shirt that I sold yeah. at the bazaar. I could have given him. Yeah. Yeah. He was obsessed. But it's great because my, like I talked to Aaron about it sometimes like my dad's like, oh, a New York thing. That's pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's just it's there. It's like in your face. It's yeah. so and you and you got it. Right. Yeah. So I think that in terms of structure, what they did, and that's the whole like supreme ecosystem that I came up when I learned from those guys, you know, learning from Aaron. And then at a moment, I was like going to the office a lot. Like, so I learned a lot from James and mm. just kind of like how things go. That was all kind of like early, but that's kind of how I learned the quiet structures. Of like how downtown sure. works and the hierarchies and, and James all is like crews. the most quiet guy, the most quiet billionaire in New York, dude. Yeah. Does, um, but the same thing with like, again, like the graffiti crews you kind of learn from too, you know, like how Kume operated downtown was very impressive. And yeah. just, I don't know how much of his conscious or not, but I, I definitely came in as an outsider. Right. So I had to study and be quiet and just kind of be, be out and showing up learn and learning osmosis. From, learn what these guys are doing and how does it work? Yeah. And one more is, is Tony, obviously, right? From a, Tony Arcabazia from A Life kind mm-hmm. of taught me tons as well. Does that archetype of like downtown legend guy, does that still exist in 2023? Or is everyone just like too out here trying to like seize their moment and be the biggest TikToker or whatever the fuck? The problem is everybody thinks they're the guy. <laughs> oh, shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's tough. You know, everybody. There's so many the fucking guy. guys. Yeah. Sausage party downtown. Yeah. For real. And so it's like, who is the guy? I don't know that that we're that we have. It's so fragmented now that we don't have such strong leadership. Mm. But I also think that this fragmentation is setting the stage for the next group of people. Okay. Because like I, when I the came future here, legends, yeah. Because I was under the cloud cover of everybody above me, right? They were so powerful that they got more than one generation of of power. Yeah, right? but it's like, vertical now. It's horizontal where everyone kind of has their own realm or their own domain. Yeah, and then like what? What even Fiefdoms. is it? You know, and what? what? And what even? What even is it oh. now? You know, like I'm the best at podcasting. Uh, I'm the best at drawing on my jeans. Like, okay, <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, well, I think and it's ass pizza <laughs> or yeah. Sean Crawford. Yeah, or Sean. Yeah. No, and you know, and like I think that stuff is sick. But it's kind of like I think it's great that now there's time for the young guys to kind of come up and start to be Fuck there are there any and some are quiet you know yeah. like you've got your you've got like an adam zoo right who is really pulling what's what's here downtown into this culture and he's doing a great job from what i can tell i can't hang out because i can't be creeping you right know? <laughs> but from what i can see they're doing a, they're doing a great job and these kind of skate crews downtown um you know the evolution of graffiti which is a little weird but right we're seeing it happen and we'll kind of see the new leaders in the next couple of years. So, for so sure. when you say the kids are all right, despite like the TikTokification and all like the old man yells at cloud shit, we could do all day. You feel bullish on the future of we downtown? Here? Well, you I, know, yeah, because we're also going to we're going to have the great reckoning, which will get rid of a lot of the problems. <laughs> Not problems, but just it gets rid of like the yeah. fake stuff. Sure. Yeah. Right? If you, if Trims the fat. This is what literally yeah. Angela Bacca said about COVID. He's like, the best thing that happened out of COVID is like Everyone people fucking home. bounced. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of I here. I mean, everybody that should have <laughs> yeah. started, got, got cheap rents. Right. But now they all kicked back out to Brooklyn again, unfortunately. Mm. So like that will, that will be a problem <laughs> of, I mean, downtown's just an idea anyway, right? It's not so much of a location. Are you a Brooklyn hater? Just real quick. 
Um, <laughs> Speaking of two broken it's guys. It's like my LA thing, right? So like when, before, before I started going to, to born and raised in LA, it was just like the, the hobby was just like talk shit. Right. <laughs> and same with Brooklyn, right? Like we don't go over the bridge. Yeah. Um, my wife, Barbara's even more hardcore with it. Right. Ooh. So when, when we go to Brooklyn, she texts everyone that we know in Brooklyn. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, we're coming over the bridge today. Like it's yeah. some big fucking deal. It's also gigantic. Yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> you see this guy over here and it's an hour drive to see the other guy. Sure. But they're all on the text thread. It's like, all right, we have to go Brooklyn to Brooklyn. We have to go yes. to Williamsburg. Like, yeah, but those are not near each other. Yeah. <laughs> Make so, it the rounds. Dude. I don't hate it, but I I not your cup of tea. I love the density of Manhattan. Right. 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 Because you can go from neighborhood to neighborhood in a few minutes. You can walk every time I come to Manhattan, I see you. Yeah. That's how it yeah. is. But also, like, I go out the door and five minutes, I see somebody. Right. Exactly. Stop and chat for sure. We're also like located in such a crazy neighborhood. You're in the, heart of it. You're in the yeah. trenches. Wait, so but what? It's a what big are the stop and chat neighborhood? <laughs> it is a big stop and chat. You spend a whole day just stopping and chatting. Big stop but and so chat city. What are some legends? Some downtown legends. You mentioned Aaron. Okay. That we should get on the pod. So, yeah. That you think we I mean, Aaron has stories for days. All right. Book it. Let's um, go to Miami. Kunle, if he feels like talking, has stories for days. He's been, his name's been thrown Tony can too. talk. Yeah. And Tony has stories. Tony, re- Tony was really the first, right? And not just Tony, all three, right? So Rob. Jess, Tony, Jess, uh, Jess, sorry, Rob, uh, Arnaud, and Tony, like they made something that, as far as I know, had never been done before. Yeah. Right? Um, A-Life is the source for a lot of this, for sure. Yeah. And he can articulate it in a way that I probably can't. I think you're doing a great job today, buddy. Um, thank you. Give yourself some credit. Serge Becker. Who's that? Serge started uh, The Box, La Esquina. Oh, okay. Um, so a nightlife guy. Yeah, what's the... Food and hospitality. Yeah, food and hospitality, but Damn, just like total legend. Rich as fuck. Uh, area yeah. nightclub, like sure. crazy, crazy stuff, right? Um, he's in LA now, like chilling, but... <laughs> like a lot of these him? guys I'm sure you're yeah. mentioning. <laughs> Clark Kent. Yeah. For days, Shout out right? Clark. You're supposed to go on Clark yeah. saved me from getting fired as the sneaker guy, basically, at Complex. Oh, really? Yeah, because I didn't, <laughs> I knew it, and I was kind of like- You knew that sneakers were a thing? It was a thing, and I studied it hard, and it's like, I, I was like, this is my job. I better figure this shit out really fast. Oh, you were learning on the job. Yeah, and like, everybody wants this job, so yeah. I better, like, become an expert <laughs> tomorrow. Right. Um, and Do so you like would, Jordan flashcards? You're like, uh, that's a four. <laughs> I did, actually. <laughs> oh, really? I had a little sheet under my desk Dude. with all of them. Oh my a little God. Jordan cheat sheet? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I grew up in Long Island. Like, I love Jordans, but, like, I didn't have right, them. Right. Every time there's a, a, new, a new model, you have to, like, add on to the fucking You had to learn sheet. your Jordan multiplication tables. For real? I, when, I, when I interviewed a complex, I got tested on Jordans. Really? Yeah. Really? Damn. I'm not huh. going to say who, but he's like, do you even know the culture? And I'm like, what? And he's like, what Jordan is, what Jordan is that? I'm like, it's a five. <laughs> He's like, okay, good. I'm like, uh, what? Certified. I think the first Valid. Jordans I like noticed were the fours, like the cool gray fours. Sure. The kid had them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. My mom's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> you know? Um, but so DJ Clark can't yeah, say Clark, like by interviewing Clark. God's we, favorite DJ. We, so yeah, we didn't talk about this yet, but I worked at Complex for seven or eight years. That's kind of how I learned everything about New York. That's a lot of I was going to say, it's a I long prison to, bid, bro. Longer than yeah, ours. Yeah. But they, they threw me right into it because they're like, oh, we can pay this kid no money <laughs> and he'll do what we say. Right? how it goes big, over there. Complex was the first, was one of the first magazines to really do like payola, right? right. Like sure. you buy an ad, we put your shit in the magazine. Absolutely. Right. And so like Bradley, you can put 
60% of what you think is cool. And then 40% of what we tell you. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I got to figure out like the cool sneakers and have enough cool sneakers in here that we can put the shitty sneakers next right. to them. Okay. Then we'll get tree torn in the mix and <laughs> fuck it. Whoever else. Or whatever, you know, Royal Puma. Elastics. Puma. Stacey um, Adams. <laughs> but then as we got, I guess maybe my, my, like my chronology, chronology is not that strong because we were doing internet stuff with Clark. So that was actually much later, mm. but he kind of like was able to provide this level of insight. Yeah. Like what are the 50 greatest Air Force ones? And he can talk for two hours sure. and take you through the list. So we did it with Clark. We did it with Bun B. We did it with Mayer. It's like all those kind of like true historians. Yeah. Is how I was like, okay, cool. This is why this is cool. This is how it works. And that's kind of been my story. Like I get thrown into the mix, try to figure it out. And then later I get the, the like detail. Right. Like, like <laughs> unfortunately when I went, when we had to go to LA, when Sponto passed, I spent uh, four weeks there, right? In Venice hard, right? Meeting Venice guys, understanding how Venice works. And I'm like, oh shit, I wish I knew this like five years <laughs> yeah, ago, right. like how the neighborhood works. Yeah. Better late than are. never though, but you know. Sure. And like, that's kind of, that's been my style, like throw into the mix. And then like later, you're like, yeah. oh, that's who that guy was. I'm right. like, that's why. Your whole career is better late than never. I respect that. Dude. Broad strokes yeah. first, then you fill in the details. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also, <laughs> but you can also, it's also about like feeling who's legit. Right. Like, oh, I don't know exactly. Like the first time I met Serge, I was like, I don't really know who this guy is, but like you can feel that he knows what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he's hugely responsible for so much that happened downtown. Yeah. Mm. Is that a so all the legend guys. Yeah. I think those all are right. the- once you, you wrote down their names. Open invite all right. for all the fellas. Yeah. Um, and then what about like, do you guys do Joe yet? Joe Puma? Bro. Yeah. Come on, he, he won't do it because he, he refuses. He's a podcaster. Uh, uh, no, no, this is before he was a podcast. He was like, why would I do this? Shit? Do we have you to thank for sneaker shopping? No, but Joe was my intern. But you you developed and nurtured this sneaker boy into a sneaker head. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, Joe was always very good at it. And Joe was kind of. I, I guess I, I had a lot of interns that came through the door that I didn't even realize, you know, because I, I was else? there for so long that I probably had 40 or 50 interns. Damn. Any other notables? Karen Rose. Okay. Who does um, Amorir. It's like these just like these crazy glasses. And she's she did very well for herself. Noah Johnson. Was he an intern? He wasn't an intern. Though. Okay. He replaced me. Oh, shit. When Damn. I left. The ringer. Um, but I kind of like like a lot of different people came in and out. Cedar? Yango. Mm. Oh yeah, GQ. right. He's at GQ. Was Cedar in it? Cedar Pesort was she in it? Not for me. Okay, but like we were all in the yeah. in the same. Yeah. Tommy Campos did the oh, fashion dude. closet. Whew. The Leg like, OVO was, legend. Yeah, hmm. there's a lot of people that went through those doors. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Complex University. But Joe <laughs> did. Joe refined all this stuff, right? Because I mean, yeah, he was an intern. Like, all right, you're not going to get a job, so you can have the internet. Right, <laughs> because everyone, this thing that will never be everyone at the magazine yeah. was too high on themselves to do internet. Yeah, so Joe and Bucky, this print thing will never will never stop printing money. Yeah, so Joe and Bucky were in charge of the internet, right? Damn. Which was wild, and that set him up for the rest of his fucking. He's a lifer, dude. And Joe invented the click through <laughs> that nobody knows about. Get, to get all as many page views as possible because yeah, that was a big remit from Complex. They're like, you got to get your page views up. Yeah. And so they the slideshow. They invented the slideshow for real. I don't think Joe the slideshow. Joe LePage views <laughs> for real. Yeah, it was. 
it was the wire ended that at that time, right? So Joe and Bucky were like, let's do like the top five burner phones that you can buy right now. Sick. And they put it in a slideshow instead of like right. a blog post. Just <laughs> so they're like, oh shit, we just got five clicks instead of one. Wow. And then Gawker saw that. Math. They ripped it off. Woo. And then what did BuzzFeed and Buzz then full circle BuzzFeed bought complex. Yeah. So it all kind of comes. Damn, dude. Joe, Joe LaPuma invented slideshows. Internet poetic. Justice. Crazy, dude. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Um, so that's well, like a midtown legend because we were on 23rd. We were on 36th and then 23rd. Yeah. Oh, we weren't at the 36th. Shoot, no, we were but When I was an intern, I used to go, I used to take the train from Long Island because I didn't have the money to live here yet. Straight to Penn Station. So I would get off at Penn Station and walk to 36th, yeah. which is like the methadone sure. district. So I was just like, oh, this is New York. New York is rough. <laughs> you know, like I come to New York always growing up, but I just was like, oh, that's what New York is. It's like, yeah. you got to be careful. There's like sketchy people everywhere. But then I realized that like I was on like the three sketchiest blocks. <laughs> yeah, <of Manhattan laughs> totally. The, the armpit of Manhattan for sure. Yeah. It's also like a magical McDonald's where like there's like those two. There's the McDonald's on 37th and 8th, which is like a huge junkie McDonald's. So right. it's like tourists and junkies like hanging out Beautiful, together, dude. which is amazing. That's the melting pot, yeah. man. The and now McDonald's the other one bathroom. is right here. That bathroom is insane. <laughs> and then the other one is here. Yeah. On uh, Delancey. Well, Delancey's the most. That's, that's, a, the, that's Fallujah. Yeah. That's it's, war <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. That's fucking Gaza, yeah, it's bro. It's like, oh, there was a, a guy swinging an axe at the McDonald's. But <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and, he, he, and he lost the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And they just put up like a BRB sign. Like, come back in 15 minutes. We're taking care of somebody swinging an axe. Yeah. Inside <laughs> Wiping McDonald's. brains off the fryer. Yeah. The mm. axe guy lost to a dude with like a mace. Just like yeah. it's like fucking uh, an RPG game, dude. Scaffling um, up weapons and spells. Speaking, so that's why New York isn't dead, right? Because no, you, right. There's these things that you just can't clear out. No, as long as there's an axe in a McDonald's, New York will that live McDonald's forever. McDonald's is always going to be there. The Bowery is untamable. Oh, you know? Sheesh. I mean, talk about it, a fucking tough scene, dude. Yeah. Sad. Speaking of injuries, Bradley, um, you're oh, yeah. coming up on 10 years since the accident that changed your life. Yeah. Has there been like a single biggest takeaway or insight that you've developed over this decade of you know, this era of your life. I have a therapist that like does trauma. That's how we met. She does a lot of wheelchair stuff and like how we get through it. And I, you know, at the early stages of like me talking to her, it was always like, Oh, how have you changed? How have I changed? How does this thing change you? And she's like, the reality is you don't change, right? You just become more of who you are. Mm. Right. And like levels of trauma kind of intensify the things that are there. Right. And I, I kind of find, one of my like go-to lines is that like you meet people that have either been through shit or that have not. Mm. Right. If you live long enough, something will happen to you. Right. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's not just like your cat dying, you know, <laughs> right. Like, once you've been through some shit, you like have a different point of view and you can recognize other people that have also been through it. Right. So it's, it's more of just, uh, you hope that it makes you better. You know? And, and for me, I think it has, right. Yeah. Like I kind of, I always wanted to play the game. Like, don't burn bridges, you know, like what, what's the thing? Like, uh, work hard, have fun. What I don't know. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but just like be good. Right. Yeah. Work hard, have fun, be good. Right. So no malice. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you're yeah, putting negativity into the, into the world, it's just not helpful. Right. And so like, that's what's kind of like, so many people came out for me when I got hurt, but now it's like, I had already paid in pretty hard before. But now it's like a continual kind of like paying out coming up. Wow. Us, right. Like New York lifted me up super, super hard when I got hurt. Because usually you break 
I broke my neck. It's a, for anyone wants to know, it's like, I have a C5 uh, complete injury. So I can move my arms, but like I'm considered quadriplegic. Usually that takes like three to five years to get back into your life. I got hurt in February and I was in New York in October. Damn. And like back I at work or just like back in the mix? Both. Fucking beast mode, bro. Yeah, but that's just You're like the Aaron Rodgers of snowboard accidents. For real, dude. <laughs> but that's also like a testament to like the New York community, right? right? And that's also kind of like all these themes that we keep talking about, right? It's like get in the scene, pay your dues, get next to people, support people as best you can, and it will come back. Yeah. And all these people that are like taking. If you, if you, if you can like to step back from yourself and be like, am I taking more than I'm giving? Right. You might want to check it because the reckoning is coming. Sure. Right. This is what, I mean, that's what I say, right? Show love to get love, man. For the real. people had you ready for the playoffs. And it's in October. Small. Is this back. world is small. Mr. Right? October. Yeah. So if you're TikToking and just taking <laughs> and like ca- cashing in. Sure. You know, figure out a way to like put it back in because. It yeah. comes around. There's yeah. good people on TikTok, I imagine. No, no, no. And I'm not like TikTok hating. <laughs> I also don't go on it because I don't need another. Sure. I need every minute, you know? So like, I don't need an hour a day, like going <laughs> to that. Do you ever think about like the parallel timeline where the accident doesn't happen? Or is that like counterproductive? Or just like not a, a constructive way to, to, I don't know, think about life. I think that things would definitely be different. And I would have different sets of resources. It would be a completely different path. Mm. For sure. Because, you know, also now with the wheelchair, I, don't, I have less time during the day. It takes me two hours to get ready in the morning. It takes me an hour to go to sleep at night. I do physical therapy. It's like I'm already at most people. You get eight, 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 right? Like eight hours sleeping, eight hours working, eight hours right. making yourself better. Or if you're 20, you eight hours getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, <laughs> so like now I'm at like, least you got to experience that, by the way. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> yeah. And that's like not hidden anywhere <laughs> we'll like, get to it. <laughs> i'm on a 12 and 12 now okay so like i have 12 hours where i'm like getting ready and sleeping and 12 hours where i can do stuff so like i have to be much more focused and much more organized to like get all my shit done efficient every day yeah. have you got so have you gotten better at every other aspect of your life in terms of like things you want to do and things you want to leave as your legacy i mean everything is about efficiency and like making sure that the time makes sense right, right? and trying to give people time as well, which is the hardest part, right? Because I have less time to get everything done, but then it also, it's like, how do we find new talent? How do we like get jobs and how do you do a good job in less time? Mm. What, what do you do for like your me time? Like when it's just like, like, what do you do when it's just, just Bradley? Cause like you're saying, like every moment is so important. And then like, you know, someone like us, it's just like, I feel like, Oh, maybe I'm like wasting a lot of time just indulging in whatever, yeah, worth, you like you stupid are. thing. Yeah, you but, like, but, for yeah, but you, this like, stuff what? is pretty fun because it's like we get to reflect and kind of go yeah. back and like kind of dig into some channels. But do you indulge in any like, or do you not waste a single fucking second? I hang out in the sun, mm. which is the opposite of living in the shadows. Right. But like, <laughs> you go, you go a uh, golden retriever mode, and you just I just like bask. lie in the sun, and I just I find the water like the closest water, and yeah. I just take the time and sit in the sun. Long nice. Island boy so, at heart. Yeah, for real. I mean, I grew up on the beach, and right. that's boy at heart. Take the. Boy, so we, the beach, but not the so beach we're in Miami morning. in the winter, right? Yeah. So that's sun for real. And then here I got the East River, which is like a few blocks from my uh, apartment. So like if it's just me, that's what I do. I go sit in the sun and I either like do nothing. I think I speak to my people that aren't here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then if I'm with Barbara, we go to restaurants nice. because that's what happens when you start to get older. Sure. 
Is that date night? Like just like going to whatever fire restaurant is on is on your checklist? Yeah, but most of the restaurants we go to are pretty chill. Okay. Like she's very good at finding very good food and like low pretentious. Right. No hype, no bullshit. Yeah. Nice. That's a great quality. Um, can use some of that. And then every once in a while we go out, which is now it's like one to four times a year that we really go. What, what are you talking about? Like, well, you're just in Ibiza. Like, what's a, what's this fucking scene report in Ibiza right now? The, what's the what in Ibiza? The scene report. What's going on there? Yeah. So I've never been somehow. Okay. I watched Ibiza in Wild on E in like 94. <laughs> one like, day. Well, yeah. For real. That'll be me. One day I'll marry an Italian babe and get to go to Ibiza. I don't know. Like as 13 year old me, I was like, that looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's like nightclubs, yeah. the island. Babes, bikinis. Yeah. And then I never went. You know, and um, but Barbara used to go all the time, like every summer she would go. It's like what Italians do. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah, we were we went there for our little vacation. We, we've we've had a really rough year. And so we're like just like emotionally and sure. just like crazy shit happening. So we're like, we got to get away. And so I was like, yeah, let's go to pizza and realize your childhood dream. Tight. <laughs> yeah. In a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Is it still like what you saw in 94, <laughs> but maybe the thong uh, bikinis are a little like less high waisted. Yeah. A little lower. Right. A little lower the rise. costumes are a little less creative probably. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, obviously money has come to the island in an unprecedented way. Sure. Like everywhere. Also like this island, Manhattan, <laughs> island life. The Ibiza of America. Island. Yeah. <laughs> Irie. I mean, I only stay on the islands. Yeah, I do Manhattan, <laughs> South Beach, Long, Long, yeah. Damn, Dan, you like, really are an island boy. Yeah, Fuck. went to Crete last year, so you know, like I stick to the island by the water. Yeah, um, he but likes what he likes. We because she knew it, and we knew some other people on the island. We got to go to like the really kind of like small restaurant on the beach type of vibes, right? And then we checked. We went to well, we went to DC ten for the closing party, mm-hmm. which is cool. But the problem right now is... You hit Pasha? No, we didn't. <laughs> you didn't see Sodom on? Uh, no, but I know people that, that have gone. But like my problem right now is with electronic music is it's really dark. Mm. And I love electronic music, but I like like disco and like fun music. You want to be uplifted? Yeah, I don't need to like be in like a dark basement, like heavy, heavy beats yeah. where everyone's on ketamine. You're not on the ketamine, yeah. It's not my thing. Right. I love like fun stuff. The ecstasy and- music. Yeah, for real. Molly music. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Molly like, music. And for real, like the boys clubs. Yeah. That's the best music. You yeah. know, like Horse Meat Disco, DJ Harvey, uh, Eric Duncan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fun. Yeah. So, like, if I'm going out, like, that's, With I try boys. to, like, time it. You With know, and, fellas. like, the boys. Yeah. yeah. And I was lucky because my roommate, well, my roommate when I was hurt, but also, like, before, a close friend, Mons. Really got me like into a lot of those scenes. Shout out Mons. Yeah. What's he up to? Oh, yeah, to? you guys know Mons. Uh, we're going to see Harvey tomorrow night. Hell yeah. At uh, Night Moves? Yeah, are we allowed to like, I guess this well, is going to come out. Happened, yeah. Which is perfect. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but like through Mons, I met all those guys, right? And so I spent a lot of my time in the DJ booth rather than on the floor. Mm. So we did a bunch of horse meat discos in the DJ booth. And then when I got hurt, DJ moves, DJ moves are usually up steps, right? Yeah. So then I went to my first Hurt Me Disco on the floor in the wheelchair. And I didn't realize that, like, there's a lot of dicks out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, lots. Yeah. And they're kind of at face level for you now. Yeah, yeah like, bit, right? really, yeah. like, yeah. eye level. Yeah. It's so, like, that was, like, a pretty big wake-up call. <laughs> An eye-opener. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. I was like, oh, I love these parties. And then I was like, mm, maybe, Whoa. like, it's a... 
It's a lot. Is that tap on my shoulder? What the fuck? Oh, people have sex at these parties? (laughs) Like for real. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I should start paying attention. (laughs) Is it true that Mons used to, on like snowboard and ski trips, he would sleep on the floor with with a, a lip full of snooze and just headphones blasting electronic music through the whole night? Uh, that is accurate. Fire. <laughs> One of my favorite Mon stories is we went to Coachella and he, we were in VIP and he just put the headphones in. <laughs> Sick, dude. It's like we went to the parties and when we had to go to the actual concert, he just listened to his own music. <laughs> he's like, he could care less. About yeah, right. That's awesome, dude. That's the Mon's roller boy way. Damn. Yeah. Um, well, you've been in New York for 20 years, like we mentioned, uh, and you've nearly hit the New York City media triple crown. Right. Well, you've yet to be profiled in the New Yorker like us. Your incredible wedding mm-hmm. was featured in the New York Times. And I re- I reread it uh, in preparation for this interview. And if you want a good cry, I highly recommend reading that. And you also got it's your also f- the most succinct bio, I think. Like it's like, is it? If you're like, oh, who is this guy? It's like a pretty good. It's, it's a, a little long article. Lovey dovey, but like yeah. it's uh, which it should be. Absolutely. You know, but it's also like a quick like, oh, cool. That's what that's who those two are. Right. <laughs> They're right. in New York. They get shit done. They work with other people and like they have like really great friends. Yeah. They're just casually hooking up and then they realize that they're in love. Yeah. You know, as, <laughs> as it goes. But also um, Barbara came back after I got hurt and she was like, fuck you. This is happening. Yeah. I know we'll talk to that, but like, yeah, yeah it's really special. Well, do you think that if you hadn't gotten hurt that you and Barbara might not have been, ended up together? Wow. Big um, question. Only. I don't know if I should go on the record with that, but I was a bit <laughs> hard to pin down. Yeah. You know, so. Which came through in the article. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of men in this city. Let's be real. I think men in New York celebrate their position. Their Peter Panness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can be a kid forever. Yeah. And you can Until keep, you're 50. You can keep trying to upgrade whether or not Absolutely. you do it. You yeah. know? But like that's no car no no owners in this town, just leasers. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like the male wanderlust that like yeah. New York like really encourages and like and now with the internet, it's like so much worse. Yeah. Right. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. Um, but what, okay, what, but rewind. I forget what we were. So, so well, your, wedding story, your wedding story was in the New York Times. Oh, the, the triple crown. It's yes. actually the grand slam because I forgot about New York mag. Oh, what's true? What's the mag thing, real quick? What was I that? I haven't done it. I'm not. Oh, so, oh so you're, that's you're two for okay. four. You're 50 okay. percent of the way so there I'm because halfway. you also got your photo named the New York Post. Um, mm-hmm. What's the story with the paywall po- stuff though? What's the story with the Post article? Is that paywall or we're just keeping like right now? This is out in the open. Is the Post article paywalled or is what we're talking about right now paywalled? What's the? Which I think pa- the, the the story behind the post is probably paywall. It's oh, it is readily available. Oh, sorry, the story behind the. No, your no, no, story. no, like us talking about. Oh, you want to save it? Oh. Yeah, we can save it. Let's save it for the paywall. Yeah, because I got a yeah. I got a job. You got to pay good money for that. People. Yeah, like, but I will say that the article is readily available. But we, I will say, I don't know if James mentioned you look spectacularly handsome in your mm-hmm. photo. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, I've also spent the last 10 years working on getting my Google results to like kind of like push that down. Like paying bit. somebody or just like like leveling up press opportunities. Doing this and, stuff, right? Oh, yeah. like, will, oh you well, want my podcast? Yeah. yeah Let's like work on my Google search. <laughs> we'll optimize your SEO so that yeah. it buries it down think, to uh, page two. I think we've already said too much. Let's we'll save yeah. it for the afters. You got to know what to but Google. Yeah, let's find talk it. about so the Grand Slam of New York. Like that's how like maybe that's also how if you weren't born on the island how you kind of get it done, right? Because mm. it used to be like, oh, New York, 10 years, you're a New Yorker. But like, mm, if not you anymore. actually are here for 10 years, you learn that that's not how it works. Hmm. Agreed. It's like being smart enough to know that you don't know. Wow. Ooh. Damn, I guess I'm a fucking dummy then. Well, you know what I know? It's time to move into the next segment of the podcast, which is called... <sighs> Dad. 
A little sucking and fucking. Meats and cheeks. Sex and dating, or marriage in your case. What is the best thing about being married to an Italian woman? The best thing... And I don't think she's listening right now, no. so you can be completely honest. Barbara's at the Right. Point. She'll listen to this. Though. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Um, the best part about the Italian culture is that they get shit done quickly. Mm. Like Really? Actually, Italians? no. Italians? Well, very specific. <laughs> not emails it. and not working. Not emails, which I've learned, which is amazing because <laughs> they're too busy actually, to make on, love. Let's get to the email thing first, but uh, in a second, like if you get in a fight, it's a 30 minute fight. Oh, fire. Where with American women, it's a two week long. 30 year fight. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh, remember when you did that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. or you didn't show up or like they hold it against you. In Italian, it's like, this just happened. This was wrong. We're yeah. going to fight about it right now. And then we're going to get dinner. Mm. Mm. Pasta. Um, which is great. Yeah. And it's also like giving me a lot of insight into like how to work professionally with the culture. They have short memories. Ah. It's ragu brain. No, but they're also like, <laughs> it's happening now. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't need to hold on to these negative Passionate feelings. people that live in the moment. My emotions are happening right now. Yeah. Right. And I want to tell you about it right now. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, hungry. So I'm going to go eat. Like, I'm trying to like talk to the computer and like I got this stuff to do. It's like, yeah, but I have to tell you about what happened right now. Yeah. If it's good or bad or whatever. So I think that that's something that. And in your position, that efficiency is very crucial because every second counts. Great. You're like, yo, babe, I only got 12 hours here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also amazing for this, like, um, uh, you don't deal with the passive aggressive bullshit. That's like a very like common part about being in a relationship in the United States. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like, oh, how could you do this? To yeah. me? It's like, I'm sorry. I'm not mad. What? Yeah. yeah like, what can I do? I right. bought the flowers. Just tell me. Still not cool. Yeah. yeah. Just tell me what to do. So that's great. Um, but she's terrible at emailing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's also pretty funny because now I work with like, I work with companies in Japan. I work with companies in Italy, US, and there's different email strategies for each of the cultures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the Italians actually want you to write a book. Like for, for the email. Like, really? Yeah. Oh. Like we would like so to work with you. And you're and like, done. cool. I would love to work with you. Here is the strategy outline here's my bio here's everything where americans i remember when i first started working at adidas i got in trouble i did a party with eddie wong we did like a chinese new year shout out eddie right but eddie was like someone's like oh this guy's cool i was like yeah he seems cool what are you doing like the four loco parties and (laughs) it was right after that yeah yeah. it's like i never i didn't know how to throw a party for real because i only knew how to like tell people to go to a place Mm -hmm. You only knew how to party. Right. I didn't know how to like do a party. Yeah. Right. So I was like, oh, cool. We pay these guys. The party will happen. And so the Adidas people were like, yo, you fucked this up. You know, uh, it was a bunch of idiots and it was a mess. It was also pretty good looking back. Right. But <laughs> just too much chaos. Yeah. So I wrote my boss like a really, really long, I'm really, really sorry email. He's like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> He's like, don't ever email me more than three sentences. Right. I'm ever wasting again. my time. You start with. Hi, name, and you end with thank you. And then you have three sentences to get your point across. I like that. Agreed. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, very good. Maybe that's like hyper German, but that's also a great way to, to work in New York. I agree. But the Italians yeah. want a book. Ugh. I don't want to write a book. I don't want to read Is that because they're only going to hit you back like one time over the course of four months? So we just got to get it all, all the or information they're going to read it. You know, yeah. they're, they're actually going to read it. Me schools, you took so long. I was reading your book. Yeah. Yeah. They need an excuse for the delay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they want that long email as said excuse. What about Japan, though? Japan is more about being respectful and formal. Mm. And then again, having your like core chunk. Right. And and easy to translate. Sure. Oh, easy to translate. Huge. And I think all that stuff goes back to like early like English class, right? It's like, 
uh, what's your main idea? First sentence. I'm writing because. Da, 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 da. In conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then thank Therefore. you. Therefore. Yes. Thank you. Therefore, for please pay me, me a job. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Therefore, net 30. Yeah. And then the, the other part of the Italian culture is, is the food, which is amazing. Oh, of course. Right? How nice is she in the kitchen? Barbara never cooked until pandemic. Mm. What's her best dish? Um, in your opinion. I mean, she's pandemic became like, I'm going to learn how to cook because we can't eat out anymore. So she reverse engineered everything. She knows how it has to taste. <laughs> and then she goes into the work. I love that. Which is amazing. So yeah. like, there's no, like, I can make a pretty good ragu. It's like, if we're making ragu, like, this is how it has to taste. So right. We have to figure out how to do this. I love that. And now her like repertoire is, is insane. Fire. The problem is it's really fucking up our like restaurant game. <laughs> Because right. there's less and less restaurants that we can go to because they're not as good as wow, as her own. Oh, the bar has been the gauntlet has been thrown. The bar has been raised. The total mess. And that bar is Barbara. She puts the bar in Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the so worst thing about being married to an Italian woman? Um, all of the same things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other side of every <laughs> fucking coin, every, every immediate Europe. aggression. You know. Um, a fiery people. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a very passionate people. Arbiana. <laughs> But I really like it. It's great. Like yeah. I like it's it's we have a um, we have an amazing relationship. I've met so many great people like and I really like the Italians and the Italian culture. And so I'm down. When did you know that she was the one? Um, I'm pretty slow to like make any real decisions. I guess it's I don't know. It's like kind of like the curse of the of trying to see every single angle. So like we we dated, then I got hurt and then we weren't dating and then we kind of came back together. And Barbara's a huge part of my recovery, plus the whole New York, whatever, bringing everybody, everyone together. And I think it just came with time. And then I used to, I was super fixated on getting better when I broke my neck. I didn't realize that you can't get better. So my narrative was like, oh, when I'm better, we'll do this. When I'm better, we'll do this. And Barbara was like, yo, like, you're not going to get better. Yeah. And I love you like this. Right. Homie, wake up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and then I had my moment of clarity. Like, okay, cool. I have someone that is, is completely and fully dedicated to me. And yeah, this is great. When you say better, are you like meaning physically and mentally or like physically? Like I'm going to you're naive to when like, I'm walking around and it's like, no, that's not right. What's up? Is she like um, the realist in the relationship and you're like the, the dreamer, the explorer? Um, right brain, left brain. Yeah, I don't know. I think we both complement each other very well. So maybe we're responding to it. Don't work two people on the wrong side of the. Same, Same side, side of the, of the tracks. <laughs> Same side of the seesaw. Yeah. Barbara and I are on two different seesaws. <laughs> two different playgrounds. But they're hyper complementary, right? Yeah, right. And we work together sometimes. So like, that's what's really cool because we do, do we do our own projects. That way we're not too much in our each other's thing. Right. But then sometimes we can come together. And also because our work is our life, even though that's not how Italians operate. Sure. The Italians want life. Like they want to live life. They don't give a fuck about work. Mm -hmm. But like in New York, you have to have both. Yeah. yeah, especially when you only have twelve hours, you have to like make your friends. You also your business partners, right. and all that stuff. Um, speaking of work, Brad, how much money do you make? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I don't touch money. Really? Woo! I'm Bars. Money. <laughs> what do you like to spend it's your money all, on? All the okay. golds in the wheelchair. Besides upgrading um, your wheelchair every five years, help often. It's supposed to be five. It's three. more like two to three. Okay. Yeah. Besides upgrade, upgrading the hardware. Besides going out to dinner. Besides travel, what do you like to spend your hard-earned money on? Um, since most of my friends make clothes, I don't buy a lot of clothes. Right. I buy Stone Island. Mm. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
they gift a little bit, but they're, they're not really into it. Shout out it's Dustin. It's not really a European thing, flow. Also, their family business. Right. I mean, not no, now. Not, yeah, but I would say uh, Montclair would agree. They were a family business until like, you know, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, until, now they're a family yeah. business with a yeah. B. But Big Bs. So they take it very seriously. So they don't take like giving away their work, which yeah. I think is really cool. It's, I, um, I also think European brands aren't really the f- concept of flow or like influencer seating isn't really a thing as much over there. feels like. Yeah. And I think that we're also entering a stage where the value of influencer gifting is. Oh, bro. I don't, I mean like we always like, we'll like create something and we're like, we're not going to seed shit because yeah. it's truly fucking pointless. With that said, we love getting great stuff yeah. from our friends and promoting them. Right. So, but then it, <laughs> but that's it, it, uh, it rarely has level. as much value when it's free. Mm, right. Yeah. But we use gifting whenever we're doing a project to like thank everybody that helped us right along the way, you know? And I think without being too like whatever, like, virtually signaling like i spend money on my friends and the people that help me like supporting their like buying into their businesses and their products or just whatever like it is yeah gifting whatever and buy their shit pay for dinner like uh you know like i have like a crew of guys that help me a lot you know so it's like yeah oh, you you help me drive around like i pay you like right that's so I, the money is Mom's like, here have some snooze yeah <laughs> yeah on me you know or like um uh, you know, this guy, Aaron, he's a, he's a brand, Aaron Maldonado. He's a brand called Brigade, mm-hmm. super student of the game. Like, so like more than anybody I've ever met before. Right. Like studying, like, how did this brand work? How did this brand work? How does this go? He'll, he should be on this in a year or two. Yeah. He might be taking our product photos as well. Mm. Ah, you know, but like works his ass off, you know, and he's starting to, starting to hit. No, Brigade is fucking happening, dude. Shout out Aaron. Right. So like. Aaron and I drive around a lot, you nice. know, it's our, you know, and that's kind of how we like exchange information. You know, he learned from me, I learned from him. Um, but again, like it's not free, right? No. I'm taking up his day. And so it's like, cool. Like, you're generous. Well, it's, I mean, I guess it's like you, you are, you're understanding the value that these people provide, not just on an emotional level, but like, yeah, time is money, especially in this city. It's like, yo, that's worth something. Yeah. And if somebody gives you their time, you, you need to reciprocate in some way. So Maybe they get a free pair of sneakers. Maybe you pay them. What do I spend money on? Like, not much. Like art, homes. Like your crib you know? is incredible, bro. Yeah, I and mean, you know it's it's a it's a work in progress. But like, yeah, it's like I don't know. I love art, so like that's cool. We get this stuff, but again, a lot of it's like friends do it. Yeah, you know, right. and so it's for me, it's about like the money is a way to like reparticipate in the ecosystem. Right. What's the most expensive restaurant you frequent though? Like we talk about like the low key, no hype, chill vibes, you know, uh, no crowds or lines, but like, are you ever fucking splashing out at the grill? I've been there. Um, I've been to most of the restaurants, like most of the, like, <laughs> like the spot, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but it's not that fun to me. Like the hypey ones or like the yeah, fine like dining? The or both. Both. Like yeah. either super fine dining or super hypey. Unless you're going with, with your crew. Yeah. You know, that's when it's fun. When it's like boys night or like whatever, or like a birthday. And then you really do it. 100%, bro. Um, that's why like Lugers exists for the fellas. Like, yeah. And just the point. fun, yeah. you know. <laughs> but then you really need to make it. You need to make a night of it. Yeah. Right. 
Because if you're going to go have steak at nine or 10, oh, we better go out till four or five. You're yeah. drinking those water bottles after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't digest that. Especially once you break like 35, there's no way. Yeah. You're not going to sleep, so you better stay up. We right? hitting those. We snorting some Tums. Yeah. So where, do, so where do you go in New York? I don't know. I think we try, even the fancy places that we go to are still relatively low key. Right? It's like, oh, like we got a table at Isodi or we got a table at Resdora or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like those are baller spots, but they're chill. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like Miami, there aren't chill spots. No. <laughs> so we wind up going to like. Everything's a spectacle. So you're like, go to dinner. It's costing you like a hundred plus per person. And you're like, what am I eating? Yeah. I'm trying to think. What's the fucking steakhouse in the, the lobby of the hotel that has the Damien Hurst gold? Oh, yeah. I've actually been in the lobby. With I've been there too. <laughs> oh, at. Um, it's Fra- it Francis Malman's steakhouse. At yeah. Faina. Yeah. yeah. The Faina. I mean, the Baz Luhrmann lobby in Faena is amazing. It is like, crazy. Yeah. And that's kind of like, as I get older, like I, I contradict myself now because I wear a uniform. I don't wear much, but like I'm getting more into this like tacky, what was maximalist? Tacky. Like I love, I like, I love the gold watch that I have. I love like, like, like subtle gold chains. Like this kind of like. You're spending a lot of time in Miami, bro. Yeah. Honestly, going you're going to get a, you're going to get a BBL. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I. It would be, we wouldn't even be able to see it. I'm from Long Island, right? So like, so the tackiness is in your blood. I wasn't. Yeah. I was brought up in Eastern Long Island, which isn't like that like core thing, but like I'm I'm super into it. Yeah, like I love. It's fun to dip your. You tongue wear it well, bro. Those I love. I love nice. Soprano style. Yeah, like I love the fucking like old man, tough guy. She had a, a Furio suit. ponytail. <laughs> I could be your next move. Uh, <laughs> that would look real good, dude. All right, that's Brad. why I'm down for cartoon or for for um. Carbone. Yeah. Barbara's on vacation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley, uh, we got to thank you for giving yeah. us a lot of your time today um, and for coming on to the only podcast that matters. Before we get into the afters, we get into some real juicy, stupid questions and juicy stories. Yeah. Some you're gas. doing incredible. Your, your home here is incredible. Barbara's incredible. Everything you're doing at work is incredible. But we'd love to see you do even better. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to offer up some constructive criticism. Take it or leave it. How should you take it? Uh, most people do. And then they go on to even bigger and better things. Sure. Um, I'll go first. So I don't know. Sneezes four times a year. Sneezes quarterly. Four times a year. Uh, I don't know what the timing is or who you got uh, pegged for the next back page baddie. But let me assist on set at the next CoverGirl shoot so I can stand in the corner and not talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask my boss. Okay. Okay. Ask I mean, I used to gotta run it by Mr. Sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. We got to ask the boss. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, also, just off top, I'm thinking like you do the mag four times a year. Have you thought about doing it 12 times a year? Mm-hmm. I mean, complex was only six and that was a disaster. <laughs> You're telling me, bro. <laughs> All right. Here's my real piece of constructive criticism, Bradley. Um, you talked about how every second of every day is more important to you than the average guy on TikTok who has figured out how to biohack 24 hours. Um <laughs> So I, I understand that we're trying to be as efficient as possible. But if you found some time, like, let's just say like a couple hours a week. If you want to become the chief operating officer of throwing fits. So James's life can be easier. And by extension, him not want to murder me mm-hmm. 50% of the time. I feel like you could really take throwing fits to the next level, baby. Head of ops. Yeah. Just whatever you head, name, head name op. the title. Head, head op. op, dude. That Chief might op. be my new title coming off of this one. Head, head ops? Head up. 
Head hop. <laughs> we can name the episode head hop if that's what you want to. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's kind of where I found that like magic spot, right? It's like, there's always, there's a lot of times there's two, mm-hmm. you know, and then two people fight. It's just what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you oh, guys, we can, we can go through you as an intermediary. I mean, Tell Lawrence to stop yeah. the <laughs> guest. Yeah. Talk to Bradley. Don't talk to me. I see you guys out a lot and you seem to be getting along, which I don't know how. <laughs> Oh, perception is reality. Well, baby. it's because yeah. we go out and we can talk to other people. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, we're, we can hang out with other people. But exactly. that's kind of like where I found a sweet spot. It's like finding people that are really, really the third good wheel. Stuff. Yeah, the literal third wheel, baby. There we go. <laughs> we're like coming up with all kinds of new. We're like, trying, bro. Nicknames. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. If you have a, a few hours, and <laughs> yeah, want to uh, get into, you know, you, you got the you got the legacy media with sneeze and the magazine, and obviously the online stuff too. But if you want to get into the new media, yeah, dude, podcasting is the future. Good. I mean, you guys are very good at it. Thank you, dude. Well, you're, you're very, very good, good at it fucking too. guest. Yeah. And uh, where can the kids follow you? Anything you want to plug before yeah. we get out of here? Um, Instagram is kind of the social media that I use. It's just my name. It's Bradley Carbone. Um, Sneeze Magazine is very important. Uh, obviously, born and raised. Andrew in Miami. Um, lots of New York projects coming now, which is like kind of like Woo. the next big thing. Oh, sick. Um, so kind of like, again, like being confused with where menswear is headed, being confused with where like, New York is headed. We're kind of moving into luxury. So we're going to help open. I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but we're working on Louisa Villaroma, which is Ooh, New York. Louisa Villaroma. So I think that's also part of like New York. Like it's hard for like us normal guys or whoever to like, but like luxury is coming to New York hard. Let's go, baby. All so right. like that's coming. Um, With you as our no, new COO, we're going to have money to burn. So let's get the fuck in luxury in town, bro. Yeah, but I think like that's also part of this cycle stuff, right? Yeah. Like, can we get like, you know, you buy your like, like pinnacle pieces and then you fill it in. Sure. With like, vintage all the time. Right. With your Uniqlo cashmere. Yeah. I mean, every day. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I every guess day, Instagram, bro. Sneeze Mag, um, and then kind of all the projects. Bradley, thank you again for your time, bro. You're the fucking this man, bro. Thank you, long guys. It's an honor and a privilege and a long time coming. Yeah. Chef, take us out.